It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Bag team, back again. Check it, direct it, let's begin. Party on, party people, let me hear some noise. DC's in the house, jump, jump, rejoice. There's a party over here, a party over there. Wave your hands in the air, shake the dairy, yeah. These three words mean you're getting busy. Whoop, bad ass, hit man. Whoop,
Yeah. Yeah. What's up, guys? It's Friday. It's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. Uh, we made it through an entire week again. We owe ourselves a huge pat on the back. We have done it. We have two straight days of rest and relaxation, if we so choose. Uh, I, I just I need to I need to wish everybody a happy Red Taylor's version day. Taylor Swift's uh, re-release of Red, or she re-recorded the whole thing. Um, to, you know, say F you to Scooter Braun. That has come out today. Uh, I just listened to the 10-minute version of All Too Well, the song about Jake Gyllenhaal. Damn you, Jake Gyllenhaal. Us Swifties are after you. We know where you live, and this, <laughs> and you're done. <laughs> Could you imagine? I wonder if he just has Taylor Swift fans come up. Because the whole thing, if you don't know, you guys, Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal dated when, uh, and, and a lot of the songs on Red are about him, including the one, um, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. That's about Jake Gyllenhaal. And uh, and by the way, people are like, oh, Taylor had so many guys because there's like a John Mayer song. There's all these other guys. There was like a Kennedy kid involved. But it's like, dude, I'm good for Taylor, man. G- guys get away with that crap all the time. She should be able to date as many people and write as many songs about as many of these douchebags as possible. And um, I just, I wonder what, J- like Jake Gyllenhaal, he's on there on his Instagram right now posting about his stupid little Netflix movie. And we've, he's got a whole nation against him right now. How dare you do that to Taylor 10 years ago or however long it was. And I think it's sometimes so silly that we, I mean, not silly because I get it. It's like high emotion, but we hold, the, you know, we hold it against people when relationships don't like, how dare you, how dare you not be with Taylor Swift forever? How dare you? But also he was probably just a jerk on top of it. So that I highly recommend. She has a whole other like album of unreleased songs that ones with Phoebe Bridgers. I think Ed Sheeran pops up. So she put out a whole nother album. So go support. I, like I said yesterday, I've been on a real Taylor kick lately. So I am very excited to make my way through that entire album. I'm less excited about folks. I saw earlier a couple hours ago, I got sent this a bunch. I was at my friend Nick seeing his baby and, and our friend Susie, which is just, I mean, as we come out of this, it is so good. Uh, you almost have to force yourself to see your friends because we've gotten so used to, or at least I have, is to not seeing them, you know? Is that, you know, and then it becomes a pain to see them because we're so used to our, or at least I am, our pandemic way of living, you know, or just a very small group of people. And it feels weird at first, but I was so glad I, you know, I'm always glad when I go and see my friends and I've got to get back more in the pattern of that because that really gives me so much energy and so much life. And, and, um, and I, you know, I keep forgetting that's what it's all about. And I got to, uh, play with, um, my buddy's daughter, Olive, she's like six months old. She's beautiful. Uh, she's in love with me. It's not even a big deal. It's not a big thing. I'm just saying she obviously, you know, she gets I'm cool. Uh, she was giving me goo goo gaga eyes, really dug it. But it was, it was so nice to see that. And I got to wreck up. I mean, I, you're like, Ryan, I've been hanging out with my friends wherever I get it. But if you get a chance to, if you haven't, if you've been kind of like on the fence about it, I would say it's worth putting on the pants uh, maybe taking the basketball shorts. Now I'm directly talking to you. Maybe taking the basketball shorts off, putting the pants on or the skirt or the whatever, and, and going up to see your friends, if not just for a couple hours. I got a couple hours in, and now I'm back here recording with you. And guys, I am ecstatic as well because 
I do not have to recap Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now I know what you're I know you're sad, potentially. I know you're Yeah, <laughs> you're used to it opening up like that. And and sadly, I mean she's not going away. We're gonna have that for years and years to come. Her troll voice will be with us probably again in another six months. And I do it later in this episode, actually, which is such a fun conversation and episode and I can't wait for you to hear our guest today she is awesome and we talk about all the reality shows this week and it's just I think you guys like it when I talk to other people uh like this that are just kind of anyways anyways so so um I don't have to talk about them and it is such a relief like I was really barely making it to the end of the season because I would feel uh because I really I took it so seriously and I also got so involved emotionally I was like ah that that's wrong this person's a horrible person and I you know I'm not the best person in the world but I think maybe that's part of the things about reality shows that we do is that we we almost get on our moralistic high horse you know where I'm like ah you're a bad person and I know it and I'm gonna pray for your downfall. Like, I don't know. Do you guys watch it? Am I the only one that watches it that intensely? Maybe. Anyways, I, it took, it always takes so long to take those notes, especially during reunion time. And like, so like, I would always finish it like four in the morning. And right now it's 1036 at night. And I'm like, oh my God, I might have this done, you know, before midnight. That would be amazing. So that is an exciting prospect. What I was going to say was not an exciting prospect. Somebody sent me the uh, the pretty mess. Erica Jane has um, exactly I predicted. You guys, you guys need to follow me more and listen to what I say. I am not. I'm not messing around, folks. I tell the real deal. So uh, Erica Jane, the pretty mess, put a con- put a black and white photo of her performing, and and with the caption was like, "It's time." And what did I tell you, folks? She's going to do a season of getting back there on the road, touring with her people again. And it's weird. I'm seeing some stuff online that I'm not loving. People are just like, yeah, girl, slay. I'm sorry. I just don't, I, 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 man, I don't know. I do. She is like, I don't dig it. I don't support it. I'm like, I'm good. There's enough great music in the world. Uh, I'll pray for Beyonce to tour again. I got Taylor. I got, you know, I do not need that mess in my life. I mean, honestly, I was seeing some posts of like, yes, it was so fun. I've seen Erica Jane performing and I've also seen her perform to like a very empty crowd. So whatever. I just don't love the, I don't know. That's, I gotta, I gotta chill. Cause I'm on my, I think moralistic high horse with it. And I'm just like, yo, she, I don't, I'm not into like, I'm not like, let's get you back on stage. And that's why now it kind of makes a little bit more sense when we got those photographs with Garcelle and Erica Jane working out, which were on the Daily Mail. And I told you guys then that's probably her. The story is Erica's getting back in shape to hit the clubs. And I don't know, man, it's too soon. And I hope we don't do this. We as a society seem to always make this mistake of celebrating anti-heroes. You know, it'll be curious to see what happens with this Travis Scott thing. Unfortunately, a ninth victim of the Astro World um, concert uh, festival tragedy uh, died today. Uh, it was her first concert. And uh, so that's nine victims. And uh, I, I read that um, her parents said, None of uh, Travis Scott's family or Travis Scott had reached out to them while she was fighting for her life. And I just, man, I was just like, I hope that is not true. That is so wild and sad to think about. So um, uh, pray for her family, of course. But yeah, I was, I was a little with like, I don't know, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not 
ready for Erica Jane to, to get back. Mikey Minden's like, yes, we did it. I can get paid again. I don't know. I just want the victims to get paid. That is it. Um, what else is, uh, are you guys good? What are you, are you, are, I hope you guys, hope you guys do something amazing this weekend. I am, I'm actually in a very good mood this last day. And, uh, I, uh, and I've got to thank everybody. I'm going to thank everybody on Monday's show. Something really cool happened to me. So I will talk about that on Monday's episode. So I don't cry right now. But, um, <laughs> so, uh, I think we're just going to get into it unless anybody has any questions, any comments. Um, I'm just very appreciative to be able to do what I did. Oh, guys, did anybody listen to the Rabia Chaudhry? Like the, the serial, the, you know, I mean, she was one of the reasons why serial came into existence, which was one of the huge reasons why podcasts became such a thing to be able to talk to her was such a treat for me. And I want to thank you guys for letting me go a little left of center. But what I am fascinated with it, all roads lead back to pop culture, all roads lead back to pop culture, you know, and that's what I love me and my guest today. We talk a little bit about that, about how Bravo lovers, we seem to like just really cool shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have great taste, you guys. Walk away today knowing if you do not have anything else in your life, you have amazing taste. Like, honestly, I think that means something. I think we are what we like, and we like some pretty damn cool stuff. We like some amazing stuff, and everybody that I talk to, listeners or other like people online that love this stuff, coolest people in the world. You guys are the coolest people in the world. You have the biggest hearts in the world. Like these are amazing things. And we all have this little, I don't know. We're in this kind of, I don't know. I mean, I think I've changed ever since the Grateful Dead show. I got to tell you that (laughs) we're all one community, man. You don't get it, dude. (laughs) Okay. I'm being way too silly. Um, today's guest is, uh, somebody that I follow on Twitter. Uh, she, I, I say this to her, but she would be one of those people that people would send me her tweets all the time. And she would make me laugh so much about, uh, housewives things and, and Bravo things. Her name is Carrie Whitmer. Her handle on Twitter is Carrie, not scary. Uh, her website is carrynotscary.com and she is an amazing writer, uh, but also somebody that just makes me laugh so much. And I finally got to talk to her today and, uh, somebody that really intimidates me with their writing and their, their humor. And I just had the best time with her. And like I say in the beginning, this was a treat for me, you guys, I wanted to take a week off of recapping. I will be back to recapping next Friday and it'll be a surprise what I'm recapping. Um, but I wanted to take a week to have some fun. And this really was like a gift to me because like I've said before, I get to have this podcast and it's like a calling card for me to kind of like a make a wish foundation of talking to the coolest people that I can find. And she is definitely one of those. Uh, if you get a chance, please follow her, please follow her writing. Um, it's something that I think she is very good at. And, and it's one of those things where I'm like, man, it's going to be so cool to see where she is in five years, six years, seven years, all that stuff. And plus she gets to see house of Gucci and original screening tomorrow. And you guys know how I feel about house of Gucci. I am so looking forward to that. So let's get into this. This is a conversation. We go into movies. We go into this season of Beverly Hills in the reunion. We go into the Potomac reunion. We go into this past week, Salt Lake city. This is like an hour and 45 minute mega conversation. And we have never talked before. And I, I think you'll hear it just a really great conversation. I think you'll really dig it. Um, these are some of my favorite ones of just to talk to people 
that like the same shit we all like. And she is just the best at it. So <laughs> she's the best at walking, watching the shit that we all like. Anyways, anyways, let's just get into it. I hope you guys have the best Friday ever. I hope you have the best weekend ever. Like I always say, drink something great, eat something good, see your friends, love on your family, maybe kiss a boy or a girl or both, dance, sing, uh, you know, maybe do some light yard work, hang out with your kids, go teach them something, read a book, watch a movie, uh, watch that, uh, you know, below deck episode you're behind on. And then Monday, let's meet here bright and early and let's start our week together, uh, with the pop culture breakdown with Sophie Ross. Thank you guys so much for your support. I appreciate everything that you've done for me. And I will talk to you on Monday. Here she is, Carrie Whitmer. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Friday episode of So Bad It's Good. Uh, today, I am going through the DTs because I am not talking about a reunion of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I have now retired uh, having to, <laughs> I literally was drinking now to the point where I was having to drink during the reunions to take notes and to do the podcast. And it has been such a light week for me in terms mentally. I know the ladies are still ex in existence, but it is so, it is so refreshing to not do that. So I wanted to give myself a treat today and bring on somebody that I've wanted to talk to for so long, somebody that I really admire their humor, their opinions, uh, and she likes the same shows we all like, but she's just way smarter about it than, than I am, than most of us are. And I cannot wait to get her opinions on all of this, plus some other stuff. Uh, you might know her from her amazing Twitter account, but she's also just an amazing writer on top of that. Uh, she's written for The Cut, W Mag, Vulture, Ringer. Uh, her website is called CarrieNotScary.com, which I'll put on the description. Carrie Whitmer, welcome to the show. Wow. Thank you. I, no one has ever called me smart before. So um, that was really exciting for me. Ryan, edit that out. <laughs> edit the smart out of uh, at minute two. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what an introduction. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to convince people that I'm not that smart by oh, talking good. with my mouth <laughs> yeah. instead of my words that I type. Yeah, yeah this, we should have done this podcast on Twitter. This is uh, yeah. the only way it works. Um, so what is your, I, I guess the question is, why are you the way you are? Like, I guess that's the big overall question, but smaller question is you live in New York, right? Mm -hmm. I live what, in New York. Yeah. And so you're a writer. How long have you been doing this? What made you want to be a writer? What, I mean, how do you classify what you do? Okay. So what may be the way I am, the short answer to this question is it's kind of long, but it's usually Joe March from Little Women. Um, I, it's true. So so I am from a family with three sisters, like the March family and Little Women, and I am the second oldest, like Joe March. And so, and I remember seeing Little Women in theaters, I think it was on like Christmas Day with my dad and my oldest sister. The Winona like, Ryder or Claire Danes. The Winona Ryder, Claire yeah. Danes one when it came out. Um, because, you know, I'm not like 23. I'm older than Timothy Chalamet. Um, so I was alive for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I remember like one of my first childhood memories is honestly seeing that movie. And I was like, I want to be like Joe because Joe is like the second oldest. And I was kind of always like her, like kind of like the rebel, the black sheep in the family or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to be a writer like Joe March. And it ended up just happening. Now, if you could go back and not see Little Women, women would you? Like, like I, I really do not like being a writer. I wish I had never seen that movie. Or has it? Uh, have you? Uh, do you love what you get to do? I love what I get to do, but I'm 
very poor. Um, even though I've been doing this for a long time, you asked me how long, I mean, I I've, I haven't been like a successful writer for the entire time that I have been one, but I studied it in college and I've basically been doing it for like 10 years now, like, you know, since like I graduated from college. Um, but I've been like a writer for like publications who have heard of for like five, six years, I would say maybe now. I does that, does that I blow you away that. though? Like, I mean, like I find that the coolest thing and I know you're not rich and I know that, but like, to me, like when I get to talk to somebody cool, I go like, I'm not really getting paid a lot for this, but like, man, I wish I had discovered this earlier and like, wow, like this, it's so exciting for me. Do you, do you feel the same way when you get to do these things? Uh, I, I, I do, but it really, it is sometimes hard because I make so little money. Um, even for living in a normal cost of living area. Um, I'm trying to, I think I get the most excited when it's like the first time I'm writing for a publication or if I'm interviewing someone like really, really cool. Um, like if I'm trying to think of an example, like if I got to interview like Lady Gaga or something, I would like, yeah, get that excitement that I always have. But I love what I do, which is why I continue to do it, even though I am dirt. <laughs> well, I mean, you are one of the people that like people would send me your tweets. And I know, like, you know, Twitter is a hellscape and all of that stuff, but it's got to be such a great tool for you because you are somebody that can really communicate something so funny and so precise in a certain amount of characters, which really is a talent in it itself. I mean, but you always tease about Twitter too. It's just Twitter. But at the same time, I mean, do you, what are your feelings on Twitter? I mean, I absolutely would not have the career or the contacts that I have now if it were not for Twitter. Um, which is sad, but it's like, it's a useful tool for someone like me who writes online. Um, and I've built my audience that draws in editors who want to work with me and stuff, I think because of my Twitter account, which is so weird. Like, and it's, I've never really tried to do that. Like, that's not why I tweet. Um, I certainly do now. I certainly do keep up with Twitter now and try to tweet about like current stuff. Like yesterday, or was it two days ago, I tweeted about like looks from the House House of Gucci premiere like 10 times in like 30 minutes. So annoying. But it's like, I want people to know that this is the kind of thing I care about because then maybe someone's going to email me asking if I want to write about it. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, but you get any kind of pressure of like, I got to put a banger out there. I got to, like you were saying, but by the way, you guys, when she picked up, she said she had been preparing for the podcast and she was listening to Adele's, uh, what, what song? Easy on me. The new you listened single. to 30 times in a row and it was like really funny, but I'm saying like, do you worry about that in terms of putting out banger tweets, you know, of, of like Adele worrying about putting out a good song? I mean, not honestly, not really. If there's, if there's a tweet that I do, and then immediately it only gets like one like, and I'm like, that was weird. I'll just delete it <laughs> like right away. But honestly, I, I really don't care. Um, as long as I kind of look at my feed and I'm like, this is me. And this is what I want to present myself as online. Then I am okay with it. I don't, I don't need every tweet to go viral. Honestly, most of my most viral tweets are the ones that I think are really, really fucking stupid. <laughs> um, like my, one of my like most viral tweets is, God, it was so stupid. It was from like three or four years ago. Now, I don't know how many years, I don't know what, you, how to measure time anymore. Um, right. <laughs> but I, I like tweeted, it, it was in all, all caps and it was some tweet about like preventing the rise of like the 
comeback of low rise jeans. Um, <laughs> and it's one of those things that like mommy bloggers and like mommy influencers love to share. So like every, there's a cycle of like every three to four months, this stupid fucking tweet like goes through the Instagram cycle all over again. And people who haven't talked to me or didn't even talk to me in high school um, will DM me on Instagram and be like, Oh my God, you're famous. And I'll, I always respond still poor though. Um, <laughs> and in fact, I, still <laughs> yeah. And, and in fact, a, a couple weeks ago, or this was a couple of days ago. My God, I, I really, I really, really time does time. mean nothing. I supposedly tomorrow's Christmas, I guess, or like we're, we're yeah. Who knows? Um, my, my artificial Christmas tree arrived today. So tomorrow is Christmas. Um, so someone, I had like a tweet, I think it was one of my tweets about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion, like went viral. And one of the Bravo accounts, I think it was Queens of Bravo shared it. And someone I knew from college who like, I mean, I have, I have no beef with this person, um, but DM'd me on Instagram and was like, oh my gosh, you're on Queens of Bravo. You finally made it, Carrie. And I'm just like, I share my writing. No, I mean, I, I, I love Queens of Bravo and I yes. love that they're sharing my shit, but I'm like, I also share all of the writing that I do all what? the time on this account. Like, and this with someone who studied writing with me i'm like could you just like throw me a freaking bone here but that's what's so funny is that like i never in a million years thought i would have like a, a modicum of success talking about reality shows and bravo like i studied shakespeare i i taught acting <laughs> like i thought you know like i i studied this stuff and this is the thing like i've had like little tiny bit parts in like actual tv shows and things in movies and this is the thing that i get attention for like i was like i was watching this shit just for fun like i would watch this by myself like i've never not watched these shows for some reason and now it's like I I would have had I would have done this much earlier if I had known, but it means it's crack. I was like I I studied something completely different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've thought about that too. Like I'm like there were times, especially early in my like writing career, which when I say early writing career, I mean I was working at restaurants and babysitting and just like <laughs> writing for free for publications <laughs> that don't exist anymore. Um, and it was thank God they don't exist anymore because it was probably horrible writing. Um, but I like I, I think about that. I'm like, oh, gosh, I wish I was sometimes I'm like, I wish I was as online because maybe this would have started earlier for me and I'd be more successful now. But if things work out the way they do. It's fine. Well, no, I was uh, I was I'm in the process of uh, moving and I, I'm one of the and you love uh, I love your opinions on movies and things like that. And I am one of those idiots that has a whole fucking bookshelf of dvds like i mean like a whole like five like i mean of just every that i needed because they protected me and comforted me at night and i was like i need the blu-ray version of this i need the goonies on this and i need this and i still have them and if i could go back and tell myself like i would never be able to explain podcasting to my younger self but i could go back and go just stop buying dvds streaming like if i could explain streaming to my 15 year old self i would have saved myself so much pain like now i have to lug around dvds for the rest of my life you know and so much money that shit especially yes. blu like blu-rays in like the early 2000s were expensive as fuck like they're I was expensive selling now, plasma but... i was selling yeah. plasma in college just to buy dvds oh my gosh I, I i i stopped buying dvds in college but i was because i just like didn't have any money um like all the money i had i had to spend on like life stuff because i was finally on my own or whatever uh but yeah, that's around when I stopped buying DVDs and my DVD collection 
the last DVD I probably bought was like the departed or something um, <laughs> like a special edition departed well, that I probably <laughs> only bought to watch the audio commentary. Yes. Have you, wait, but see, I, that's why I like, I hope heaven, they have like a cloud storage system or like their DVD is going to come with you because I got to tell you, I thought, I thought, well, I'll just be sitting here doing director school with all these director's commentaries. Rarely listen to any kind of director's commentary on any of these DVDs, yet I have all of them. It makes oh, so no I, sense. I, I listen to them all. I, I love director's commentaries. Can I, I send you my DVDs? Can I send you a thousand I DVDs? Yeah. I live in New York. I don't have any place to put them. All of <laughs> all of my DVDs are just like, is somewhere in my parents' like gar- like attic above their garage. My mom probably even got rid of them already. Oh, my uh, mom told me, she's like, if you don't come get the stuff you want, just to let you know, we're throwing things out, yeah. you know? Um, but I, like, I'm okay with what I have. I just, if I want something permanently, because I mean, streaming, it's not, things aren't going to stay on Netflix or HBO Max forever. Um, I mean, HBO Max is a little different, but um, if it's a Warner Brothers movie, it will stay on HBO Max forever, um, probably. But if it's something that I really just always want, I'll just buy it on iTunes. Yeah, I busted out my first DVD in years uh, during Halloween. I busted out my Scream box set just so I could oh. see Scream 1. And it was, I was like, look at me using a DVD. I felt like I was like a pioneer or something. Like, a, it was yeah, amazing. I, I don't even currently own any kind of device that could play a DVD. Because I, <laughs> I, have a, I have a MacBook Air, which doesn't have a disc thing whatever the fuck it's called. And I don't, <laughs> and I don't own like a Blu-ray or DVD player. I just have an Apple TV and a smart TV. Uh, I pray every day it comes back like cassettes. I was at a concert a couple weeks ago. They were selling cassettes at the day. I was like, what? What, what concert yeah. was this? BB Bridgers was selling cassettes. Oh, oh that, that, that makes sense. Yeah, for, I mean, yeah. By the way, have you ever gone to a con- I realize now like my music taste, it turns out I have the same exact music taste as a boatload of 15 year old girls. Like I was sitting there in like a sea of like whenever, like, and I love Phoebe Bridger so much, but when you go to something and you're like, Oh my God, this is the fan base. Like I thought it would be a lot of sad white dudes like me. And it turns out there's a, a smattering of us, but it's majority like very young women. And I was like, this well, is wild. I do have to say, I have been to see, I have, I have been a fan of Phoebe Bridgers for a while. Yeah, um, she's been around for a minute. Yes. And her fan base was definitely more like sad white guys <laughs> and like white or men and women, yes. like sad white men and women um, before the past year. And she's kind of become exploded. Yeah. I mean, good, good, good for her. But hearing that, I'm like, I, I I didn't get a ticket to any of her shows in New York for this tour. And I'm like, maybe that's a good thing. Well, that's, I, I was it. almost, I was almost distracted by the audience more than I just kept looking around going like, I don't even know if I'm enjoying the show. I'm just, it's wild to see so many young girls around me. And then I was like, am I on some kind of watch list now? Like, this is weird. Yeah. It makes you, I just, I just, it makes me feel weird to be like, I love the same thing as children. Um, which no offense to them i mean i'm glad that they have good taste um or you do love to you you love timothy chalamet i do yeah um but not really from like a crush angle i would say like i think it's more i i think that he really is truly an extraordinary actor um and 
so I'm not like, oh my God, I want to marry Timothy Chalamet. He, I, I do acknowledge that he is a handsome human being, <laughs> but I'm a little old for him. And he seems like he might be like, I mean, he, have this is one of the things that I'm really hung up about is that, and I think about constantly is that he has like a printer on his floor, like next to his TV. Um, I tweeted about this once. I can send it to you like off yeah. after. Um, I tweeted about this once, but he like posted a picture of just, I, he posted a picture a few months ago of an action figure of Paul Atreides from Dune that he, I think had just received yeah. on his Instagram, maybe on a story. And he was clearly like sitting in his home like on a couch and the TV was in the background. You could see like his Xbox. And then like to the right of the TV was just this massive printer on the floor. And I'm like, you've been nominated for a fucking Oscar and you have a printer <laughs> in your goddamn floor. Like I understand. <laughs> and, and I like made another comment, like why does he even have a printer? And people were like, oh, well he has to print out screenplays. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But also like, can we save, can we just like digitize screenplays? He, these he days? has to print like, out screenplays. Like he, he's got to have a fucking iPad. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I'm just, just worried like, about, Timothy, to me, like I was watching Dune uh, this past weekend and it worries me that like you were bringing up Little Women, which he was in and stuff. And it worries me that it doesn't seem, and this has nothing to do with his acting. It doesn't seem like he's growing physically, like his actual physical body does not seem to be, he does not seem to be aging. And I'm very worried. Like, I'm just like, this man does not seem to be, I almost feel like is he digital or something, you know? So I had, I kind of had this. I kind of had similar thoughts throughout too. And I was like, he, he kind of just still has, and maybe this is why I don't find him. Like, I'm not like hot for him is because he is so little. Like he's just seems like so, he's so boyish, like a very, yeah. if, if that makes sense. Like, I, I mean, all respect. I know he is a grown adult man, but it's very <laughs> tiny, but I do. He has grown as a performer. He hasn't grown physically. <laughs> Um, which I truly do believe. However, it does kind of remind me of Leonardo DiCaprio, who was like really, really teeny for a very long time. And then all of a sudden he just like overnight became a man. And when he was like in his late twenties and we're like, oh my God, like he has facial hair now. We have to deal with this. Well, I remember being, I mean, I was around when he did, uh, it was like the beach, which was the follow-up, I believe to Titanic maybe. And everybody was, it, it was in that same, but everybody was shocked because he looked a little beefier and then gangs of New York came around and then he was really off the rails. And there were all these articles, you guys, where DiCaprio's fat now and DiCaprio's like, they had him partying with Cameron Diaz, who was also in that movie. Like, and we saw him with like bearded hair and stuff. And Toby Maguire went through something similar which mm-hmm. I always one of my favorite page six things was Jessica Alba was behind him at a Snoop Dogg concert and go oh my god Toby McGuire's fat um which is do you remember that <laughs> no oh yes it was like it was one of my favorite uh favorite page six things where it was just so brutal and then afterwards Toby like got into shape but nobody could handle that Leonardo DiCaprio became a man from the boy he was in Titanic mm-hmm. because every woman and man in America had fallen in love with this sprightly creature you know yeah, and we had known him kind of similar to Timothy. T- Timothy Chalamet became like very famous when he was like more like 21, 20. But we had known Leonardo DiCaprio since he was a, literally a child. Yeah, so I mean, growing pains, yeah. the what's eating Gilbert Gray. Yeah, all of yeah. that stuff. It's it, 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 it's it parallels kind of what happens to like like what's happened to like women like Lindsay Lohan and stuff when like people just can't handle that they like 
are adults and not children anymore, and they just kind of get um, shame for it. However, Leonardo DiCaprio kind of got out of it fine. Um, and Lindsay, people like Lindsay Lohan did not. Um, well, I mean, DiCaprio is just fascinating. We got to see him in that little clip with Jeff Bezos and his uh, lady and the lady just like fawning over Leo. And then Jeff Bezos tweeted, like, I'm going to throw you off a, a steep cliff. Like, I love when billionaires joke around on Twitter, um, but it, it's fascinating. Leo has really escaped a lot of the pitfalls that other actors have got sucked into. And even still just dating mainly 25 year olds. And he still managed to be un like he's he's unmarked like he no he's nobody's been able to throw him off for some reason yeah um it's also his birthday oh happy birthday buddy yes i did i I, saw that i think he's like 40 is it 47 yeah i wonder how many page boy caps he gets and i've I've been five years i'm like i've been like five years too old for him for like my entire life and i'm like 15 years younger than he is so i mean it's got something like that his his girlfriend now, I think her name is Camilla. Isn't she like related to like Al Pacino or something? Or is she, I know she has some kind of or his her mom used to date Al Pacino, I believe. Some so there was some connection that I thought was fascinating. But I always imagine like when Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriends get around twenty four, do they start getting nervous? They're like, uh oh, like you know, like you just like the like you know looking over if he's looking at you. Like what are you looking at? What are you looking at? I, I remember like in the nineties, like around the Titanic era, me and all my friends would say things like, well, I'm going to marry Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, I just know it. I have a feeling like we just like, get in fights. <laughs> like, no, I'm the one who's going to marry him. Like, I just know it. We're like destined, you know, um, like seven years old and like fighting about this and genuinely believing I'm going to marry this man one day. If only I had known then that I only had like 10 years left. <laughs> you would have tried harder. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, they do like they do the where are they nows on like all of these things. They need to do a where are they now on all of DiCaprio's exes because we've gone through so many exes, like so many phases. Like Giselle, you know, ended up with Tom, but who there was a, another Israeli Blake girl, Lively. Blake Lively was one, but there was like ones he stayed with for years that have just been completely forgotten about that it, I just would love to catch up on because I've seen them in so many pictures. I don't even know the sounds of their voice, you know? Yeah, I I I, I truly forgot about Giselle. Yeah, not I mean, like she, about her as a person, but I forgot that they dated. Yeah, wow. I mean, she, for for years, I mean, she really yeah. landed, and she landed on her feet. Good for her. Um, they, so, they were kind of a thing for a while. Yeah, so. but he'll never. He's like the. Uh, I mean, George Clooney. They said that he would never settle down and all that stuff. So it'll be interesting. But I, I'm fascinated with pop culture because there's the aspect like Housewives, where Housewives we see the show. But then there's a second show happening on social media, you know, and I feel like Mm -hmm. the same thing with DiCaprio's really amazing work. But we see the second show of who he dates, even though he doesn't talk in terms of housewives and social media. Is there anybody that sticks out to you in terms of the Bravo sphere of like, oh, my God, this person's a mess on Twitter or this person's uh, great on Twitter? Is there anything that surprises you? Mm, For housewives, I don't know if any of them like surprise me exactly. But I love Lisa Barlow's presence on social media. Um, Why? Because it's, I think it like has this 
strange balance of no self-awareness but also like hyper self-awareness um like some posts like you know how she changed the photo of herself in the what watch what happens live promo (laughs) yes you guys this week she was on watch what happens live on i believe on sunday and she didn't like the picture that they keep using so she was like come on update the photos already so she updated her own photo and did like a copy and paste over the watch what happens live picture and it was it's just so funny that she took the time to do that because it really did bother. Yeah. So, so it's like that, but then she'll also like, it also seems like she's kind of aware of like people love that she's kind of like the instigator and that she's into fast food. Like it, it, it's like this balance of just like vanity, but also hyper self-awareness that I love in a housewife. And also I had my first housewife DM on Instagram with what Lisa Barlow on Sunday night. I I'm going to pull it up right now. It was, it, this is hilarious. Cause you did a tweet about Lisa this week. That I, was very complimentary. I thought there was something I, that was I, very. I did. Yeah. I, I retweeted her, the, a picture of her on watch what happens live and, that she posted. And I, she tweeted, I had the best time at, at watch what happens live. And I retweet, I quote tweeted it and said, the only person I trust to run Waystar Royco, which is the company yes, from Succession. Succession. Yes, yes. And so I posted the tweet and tagged her on my Instagram story. And she replied at like two o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. I would have zero probably why that Succession heart emoji. And I didn't really know what that meant. And I said, I replied, because you're the Supreme Lisa. Also, yes, it's Succession, LOL. And she said, ha. Huh, Period. I was message- messaging without my glasses. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, wait, that's a, like her social media presence is like, it's like you get the sense that it really is her. Like she is running it. That's what I love is that you get the sense like, that is the Lisa Barlow that I see on TV. I Because one time she put her, you know, baby gorgeous. She put a picture of him and I said, baby gorgeous. And she wrote, yes, BG. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was so great. Like, Amazing. Yes, BG. And I was like, of course, BG, baby gorgeous. Like, thank you for letting me know the new way to, you know, turn. Yeah. So, so, so like her, her social media presence, I think it, like, it's definitely very authentic more so than many of the housewives because it like, that was clearly her, like it was pretty late at night. It's like, it's not like she has some assistant like messaging in people's DMS on a Sunday night at like oh, okay. midnight, you know? which we know Jen Shaw has done in the past now, which we know uh, 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 Mia from Potomac blamed her social media manager on a lot of the misspellings and which I think Mia was definitely running her own social media, but whatever. Yeah, but I, 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 I do I know think... Jen Shaw's social media was run by. So I do know her Twitter was run by somebody else, but I do because the person running Jen Shaw's Twitter, if you remember the first season, that person knew Twitter speak immediately, like knew mm-hmm. like how, you know, how it started, how it's going with the Mary and her grandfather uh, tweet. Um, and it was just too, like somebody doesn't know Twitter that well immediately when you get thrown into it. And Jen Shaw's Twitter was immediately like just scathing, you know? Yeah. And, and, and Lisa, on the other hand, does not really do the speak at all, which is, that's just how she, like, I'm like, I saw the messages she sent to me. I'm like, this is just how she texts people. Like, this is clearly her, um, which was very satisfying. Um, and, and you can also like, we're, we're both like a very online. Like, I, I think at this point, like we're people like us are online enough and clever enough to be able to figure out this is not this person. This is someone else on their behalf. I, 
I definitely think that someone runs Sonia and Luann's social media. But it's still, but I, a mix. I, I agree with you, but it is a mix because there's yeah. still enough messiness, especially with Sonia. Sonia will go in these like weird waves of commenting, following, all this kind of stuff. And I do think it is definitely a mix, but Sonia is sometimes in there. I know she is. It just like, it just, yeah. It, like a weird feeling I get that I have no really factual proof. It just Luann is completely, and that's why I, I was telling somebody like, I think Luann might be coming on soon and she has like a holiday single and, or that's what I, I and the thing is, I, I was like, I only need 10 minutes. I only need, cause I know at the end of the day, she's not going to be a great interview. She's not going to be, but you know, if you could get her for 10 minutes, you could distill every, you could crystallize what makes Luann so great into a solid 10 minute. Bit, yeah. You know? I mean, and it's just going to be like, a bunch of answers that she memorized that yeah. don't answer the oh, questions you ask darling. her. Oh, darling. Yeah. Wait, did yeah. you, speaking of Phoebe Bridgers, did you ever follow Luann around in concert? I did not. So can I tell you like my housewife's journey? Cause it will make. Yeah, sense. please. So, and by the way, you guys, sorry, this is going to go all over the place. Cause I'm just so happy, excited to talk to her. So uh, thank you for listening. It's already amazing. So they, yeah, please tell me. This oh yeah. Sorry for making this podcast chaotic as hell. No, um, no, this is already chaotic. So I watched housewives from like the very beginning. I, I remember watching the real housewives of OC, OC, like when it first aired, like the first ever episode, like, the first time it ever aired me and my sister sat down and watched that shit um because i thought it was going to have something to do with the oc the television show um, <laughs> you know it would be it funny if it, did. it would be yeah. funny if uh, ryan popped through at some point you know my theory is that we never would have had real housewives without the oc because laguna beach was an answer to the oc and real housewives of the oc came about because of Laguna Beach. Have you written that essay yet? No, but I have a tweet in my drafts. Oh, that's good. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, so so I watched them like religiously, like mo- I think all of them at the time um, until around when I moved to New York, which was like 2013. And I just got busy. I was poor. I was working like three jobs. I didn't have a TV. I didn't really have, I certainly could not afford a cable. T- cable so I just kind of lost track of them. Um, and just kind of stopped watching, not because I was like, I am beyond reality TV or whatever, just because I didn't have time and I didn't really have a means to do so. Yeah. Um, and then last year during the lockdown, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to start Real Housewives of New York City from the beginning. Then, so I watched it all the way from the beginning. And I think I had stopped the first after season five, which was the first season with Heather and Carol. Um, so six on was like the first time I was ever seeing it. Um, and then I started back with all of the other ones. So I had seen Beverly Hill, early Beverly Hills, Atlanta. Um, and I had seen some of Miami. So then I just like went back and rewatched all of them except OC, which I haven't restarted yet. I don't know if maybe it's, I will. You know, it, it, there's highs and lows. But, maybe, yeah. but when you inject yourself with that much housewives, what will, I mean, did you, there was, a, was there a physical effect? Did you start losing hair? Like, it feels like a lot to no. do to yourself psychologically. Honestly, psychologically, I honestly think that I became more of my true self. Um, <laughs> I, I, I honestly became like more happy. And I feel like now that I'm more fully engaged, like I now have a night of the, like almost every night of the week I'm watching fucking bravo yeah bravo yeah. fucking bravo like it's every a night. it's a home like it's a there's a yeah. it's a home away from home like you know it's 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 my sports i don't like sports this is my sports 
I, I, I like basketball, but that's it. Um, so, so yeah, so it's like sports or I also, but it's, but I also realize like, I can also like succession. I can also like a 24 films, but I can also want to watch a bunch of drunk women like yell at each other and throw glasses at each other. But see, that's what I was fascinated with you is that like, that's why I like, I, I'm always, I almost pat myself on the back when I find a new thing that you like that I like. Cause I can I'm like, Oh my God, well, you're amazing. So I pat myself. I'm like, Oh good. A 24. I love a 24. Oh my God. But I feel like a lot of us like the same stuff. I feel like there's connective tissue with, and I was trying to figure it out why the people that like Bravo seem to like succession seem to like a 24 films. Like, uh, you know, a lot of us talk, like I'll go on and on about midsummer till the cows come home or Ari Aster mm-hmm. or we t- uncut gems or any of this stuff. And I was, I- I'm a huge fan of Paul Thomas Anderson and all of these things. And I'm like, is there some kind of connective tissue of why, bravo is there a melodrama aspect is there a i don't know what is it that i don't know absolutely i think there's a melodrama aspect i think that it i think that people who don't watch reality shows or at least reality shows in this format don't realize how much character building there is and how much tension there can be in reality television a lot of like, I mean, even just this past season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills had a lot of succession energy in that there was like this legal thing unfolding and people resenting one person. Um, like Erica was basically like Logan Roy. Yeah, and yeah yeah, and Lisa Rinna's like fuck it, fuck it. one of his yeah, and Lisa Rinna's like one of his like goons who just does his whatever the fuck he tells them to do. You know, it, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's oh. a lot of these dynamics are similar. It's a and I think Succession um is a show that portrays wealth realistically in that it's like it's actually not as aspirational as you think it is and I think The Real Housewives does the same thing. Ah, boom. That's what I say. Like these shows started off aspirational. These shows started off and a lot of ladies would watch it uh, particularly and go, I love the style. I love the dresses, the opulent wealth. And now that's what I'm saying. That's why the housewives have taken a turn in these last couple of seasons, because we we're starting to realize as a society because of like the pandemic and things of that nature is that this isn't aspirational and this isn't real. I mean, we already know what kind of isn't anyways, but money, like we're seeing with Erica Jane, we're seeing that I would not doubt that if all housewives have some sort of criminal thing that they have done. Like it would not surprise me in the least, but I was talking about in terms of this past week's Salt Lake city, we finally got to see the Jen Shaw. Like it was just breathtaking at the end of this past week, Salt Lake city, you guys. And then we get to then have like, we hear about Dorit's home invasion. And then PK is like, how dare you stay in his stage. You still stay. You know, boy, George didn't do it. And then we were like, but what? Why would you blame us for thinking about that? That's what we see nowadays. Everybody's lying. Everybody's like, of course, we're trained now to think that there's some kind of mysterious layer underneath. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I also think as convoluted, I guess that's the right word, as the Real Housewives has become and just like reality in general on Bravo, like they, they're creating, it's like, oh, I'm hosting an event for like to hang out with my girls. And I'm like, you're having a, uh, like when Kathy was like, oh, I'm just having dinner with the girls. And I'm like, you're having a dinner because you guys need an excuse to hang out with each other and have Erica explain herself. Like, <laughs> well, those tropes, you know, we, we're so sophisticated as an audience right now. And that's why succession, I think, really works because it doesn't pander in any way. You mm-hmm. know, and maybe maybe Greg is getting a little too Greg here at times in terms of like, well, we, we get the, the comedy. But in terms of Housewives, the tropes are still, they can't get away from the tropes of, 
you know, come shopping with me for this outfit so I can tell you about what happened two nights ago, have the dinner parties, the pickleball, the hot toddies. Like there seems to be these things that you can't escape with like the tropes of these shows. And I sometimes wonder if like, if you ignored the tropes, would it still work? I think it could. No, I, I, See, think, I think it you could, would still get but the I kind around. of, but I kind of love the tropes. Like as much, like I was just, you know, Kathy's like pretending that she's hosting this to like have a dinner with her friends when they just need an excuse to hang out. Just, but I kind of ladies. love, <laughs> I kind of love how much they still go out of their way to pretend that they're not on a TV show. Um, they're starting to break the fourth wall a little bit, I think, on more of the shows. Like I know like Potomac breaks the fourth wall a little more than most. Um, and uh, like Roni kind of has too. But yeah, I mean, it I all started of, with Denise's Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo. Yeah, you yeah. Know. I, I, yeah. Um, ooh, love that. Um, but I, I do kind of find something comforting in that there's all this melodrama that's almost comparable to these actually very well-written dramas like Succession and movies that I enjoy. Um, but on Real Housewives or just like on Bravo shows in general, it's just like, I'm going to get the melodrama, but I'm also going to get two women shopping for jewelry that they probably can't afford that costs more than what I make in a year. Yeah. <laughs> like for, there's something for some reason that's very comforting to me about that. But I, I also just think that it's really fascinating, especially as like for original cast members who are still on to just watch how much they've evolved, like in good ways or bad ways. Um, like to see like Ramona from the beginning to what she is now, like watching that, like I watched Roni from the beginning um, right before season 12 started airing. And I finished like right before the season 12 reunion aired. And so seeing that journey, like in the span of like, let's be honest, it only took me a month to get through it um, <laughs> was really fascinating because I saw it all in like one sitting essentially. What did you um, take away from Ramona's journey in particular? I mean, she even went through a physical journey. I mean, it yeah. very, she looks better now than she did in the first season. I think in a lot of ways, she, she, she does look very good. Um, she's not a very good person. No, but no, no. in the beginning she was kind of, I think that she's always been a pretty bad person, but I think at least in the beginning, she was a little more self-contained, I guess. And she was a little bit more of the voice of reason. Like there's that, there's that scene um, on the, that classic scene on the Brooklyn bridge where she's like telling Bethany, you're Bethany. always going to be alone <laughs> basically because like Bethany, you're a horrible person, blah, blah, blah. Ramona was kind of right. Even though that's not something you should ever say to someone. Um, she just happened to be saying it to the right person. Um, but now she's just a bigot. Well, I mean, she always I mean, was, but she was just better at containing she, that part of herself. Well, I think we've, we've gassed these ladies up so much that they mm -hmm. feel so, and it's almost like well, with Rinna, especially she's become a caricature of who she initially was. So it's so extreme. She's acting on top of acting on top of acting. But um, with Ramona, it's like almost like it's given her a voice to be just a huge asshole and not apologize because she I mean, we all say, oh my God, you're so, you're, you're historical, Ramona. You're amazing. You're, you're, you're OG, da, da, da. And it's like, at the end of the day, that is, you, I mean, she's, she doesn't realize how bad she's gotten because yeah. we gassed her up so hard. She, she's been gassed up so hard that she thinks she can get away with it and just doesn't even realize that she's doing anything wrong um, because she can always use the excuse that she's doing it to make good TV, which no, you're actually just. 
No, you're you're, you're 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 pooping and to make you're pooping yeah. everywhere to make good TV. And you don't I, need to do the other stuff. At the beginning, in her first, like I I wouldn't say that I am a Rena or ever was a Rena fan, but I lo- enjoyed her as a housewife in her first few seasons because I I, I did as well. I I I liked her like solo scenes more than like the drama she instigated, but she 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 got involved and like created. I mean the bunny. Like all this stuff that I just, Beverly Hills would be very dry without her, even well, though she's thought. awful. If she's not on the show, then it's not going to be as entertaining for me. It's just going to be a bunch of women who are full of shit. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, Gary. <laughs> you hear that, Ryan? I'm going to be on the show. <laughs> and it, while Rinna is more, possibly more full of shit than any of them, there is some strange authenticity to it that well, because is you realize she's well the, the, it's authentic in the in the way that she's completely inauthentic i believe in her real life so it's authentic yes. to that person and it's it's definitely authentic to if you think about the history of somebody trying to make it in hollywood having some you know medium success on tv shows and then you know really trying to do anything in her power to like stay in the game and this gave her a whole new life so it watching it from that vantage point and when people when i say i hate lisa Rinna and all that i've always been very clear it doesn't mean i want her off the show i'm very clear like i'm very i think that would be a mistake because you need somebody like that the only thing i it's like mary cosby the only thing mm-hmm. it's almost unfair if we never see rinna change not change in the sense that like i realize all my but if we never see a takedown if we never see her get actually like you know on the last duel when they get to go against each other we need somebody we need rinna to go up against an adversary we need something to happen like that and it's like mary cosby with salt lake it's it's amazing to watch but at the end of the day it's going to eventually get tiresome because you can't argue with crazy. Like you can't, you she'll always be able to win because you can't predict where she's ever going to be at. She doesn't even know, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, I, it seems like watching that reunion, um, Kyle is possibly starting to turn on her, but I, I don't I, know. I, I love, <laughs> I love, I, that mean, we're, I love that we're adults. These, See these, Kyle at the reunion. Some of those facial reactions. I, I mean, don't know. it's, yeah, I mean, but you know, this is this is what makes me happy. Um, it, it, but it's like it's also like it's Beverly Hills, so it's like it, she's she could just like pretend to like her for five more years. Which is, I, I mean, it's well, they're already deep in shooting. I've been telling the audience, which is, yeah, cool. I mean, like, which I kind of need a little bit more of a break. I wouldn't mind like a Soprano style break, you know, when they would take that real big moment in between seasons and like regroup. Like, I still feel like I went through a battle this season, and I need some rest and relaxation. Like, that's why Potomac reunion. What did you think of it? Because for me, it was a breath of fresh air where I was just like, I just love to hear you guys talk about each other. You know, <laughs> I I love every. I, I love Potomac so much. It makes nothing, honestly, truly nothing makes me smile more than Potomac. Um, And that was refreshing because it's like, I kind of, I was like, I miss the petty drama. Like they're just kind of petty about little things that don't really matter. 
Yes. Whereas Erica, it was like, this actually does matter. And it's actually really horrible. Well, that's the thing is that it almost makes you feel guilty for loving it because you know, at the end of the day, orphans and widows are involved. Like mm-hmm. I want my housewives to lie and cheat and potentially steal like clothing, but I don't want, <laughs> I don't want like, the, like it's too real. Like it's, this is a really bad thing that was done. And the fact is we're fighting over somebody wanting to continue their wealth. Like we need to make sure I'm okay before everybody else is okay. And so then it just kind of shines a spotlight on this thing that we love that these really, truly potentially aren't good people, you know, at heart. Yeah. And we always knew it. We always knew it deep down. But I think in this past two years through what we've gone through, it's just it's emotionally heavy. So when you see Potomac, it's like the Rolling Stones where, you know, Keith and Mick don't potentially get along anymore but together they create this amazing sound and that's what potomac does like you know they all don't but they work so well together you know yeah it's it's it it was such a relief to sit down and watch that reunion knowing that the most dramatic thing that could happen is candace just losing her temper (laughs) Um, which is pretty terrifying i like that is actually pretty scary but compared to what we had just been through with a month of Beverly Hills reunion. I, I was just like, I actually want to see this now. Well, Carrie, I went in like with my head hanging down. Like I did not want to watch it. I was like four parts. That's ridiculous. We don't need that. And then immediately I was like, Oh, I could do four parts. I could do four parts of this. Like I'm, I'm, and then we get Nick, you know, there's going to be the big reveal of Nikki, which they use this grainy clip of Nikki Minaj, where it looks like she definitely did not take the vaccine. And then we know, like, it was like a real, like, did you, the clip was so so weird. It was so that was and it's clearly bullshit it's like you're she's clearly fucking backstage like in her dressing room in the same like down the hall like come on andy i mean it's cute but i it didn't really make sense to me but it it, it i it seems like they probably knew that she was going to be there i mean i think they suspected i only think the thing where if he said it at the beginning of the video and then waits if he waited like four hours into the day, maybe they started thinking, oh, maybe she's not there. I was like, I was wondering the reasoning of mm. showing, like somebody was saying, why didn't they do the video and then just have her come out right after the video and surprise him right then? But I, and I wonder, is that going to be the a tension? Whole, kind of, yeah. Well, I was like, does it build the tension? And we're going to be wondering when it's going to happen, that kind of yeah. thing. I wonder if they did it because all the Potomac housewives were so sure that she was there that they were just like, we actually, we want them to actually be surprised when she's here. So we're going to like try to quickly prove that she's actually not here. It would have been great if they had tried other things. Like she was holding like a copy of the New York (laughs) times. Like, look at me reading the New York times in New York. I'm not there. Oh, they actually shot in New York. Never mind. Oh, they Um, did. I was like, I like a Parisian times. I don't know, but I really loved it. I'm excited to see the next three things. And it's just, it shows you how simple Like, it doesn't need to be a lot. It can be simple, catty things. Like, Candace is also, what is your opinion on her? Because I I find it fascinating. She's the one that throws it out the most, the hardest, the first. And then she's also the quickest to cry at a drop of a hat. Yeah. You know, I really enjoy Candace when she's not being terrifying. Um, When she loses her temper and when she gets emotional, it's honestly really uncomfortable um <laughs> and, but uh, but uh, but then at the same time or, or like like all these scenes in the season when her husband chris right yeah um, chris yeah has to like calm her down and like literally sit on top of her like that's really really sad um and but i think that a lot of these issues i'm not a therapist but from what we've seen of her relationship with her mom played out on the show for 
so many seasons, it seems like there's just like a lot of her issues are because of that. Um, that, and that's so what I love. I, I love that we get, I love that we get to see the origin story in a way. Like it's the same thing with Mia and her mom. You kind of see, okay, her mom was the, like it gives us that origin story of like, okay, I can see how you build into that. And almost like Chris, not that a man is a savior, but in a way, he's the nice guy. And he's like, mm-hmm. at a point, we see him beg, saying, "I know you don't feel this. Please, for me, don't do this." Like he's, I've been in that relationship before where you're begging, like, "Please, please, please, don't do this. I know it's against everything in your nature, but like that's not yeah. a good sign." Like. Like that no. is going to not last. Uh, I mean, who knows, but it's going to keep popping up. Yeah. She, she just escalates so quickly and so viscerally. Um, but, but then sometimes she's so reasonable. It's, it's, it's like that when she was talking to Mia on that boat, I think it was the, in the penultimate trip, episode yeah, yeah, yeah. of the season on the trip, she was so composed and so, she seemed so normal that you could, she seemed like a completely different person from the person who threw the salad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a completely what, I mean, different human. Being. I guess. I, and, and what Candace would say, because we've gassed her up so much is like, that's what you call range. I'm bringing it. We've got like, that's what I'm saying. We've made these, like sometimes we've created the monster and she's always been a monster, but now like, I love, I don't love, I hate love when they decide they're going to lean into it for the fans. Like I'm doing this for you guys. My horrible behavior that I have not learned from in my life is for you. You want it. I'm giving you a season. I'm like, no, you are just damaged and you're using us as an excuse to be more damaged. Yeah. I, I, and I, I think there's a big difference between gassing it up in, for the audience in that way. And someone like not perfect, but someone like Sonia Morgan who does a more playful exaggerated persona for the fans because she knows exactly what they want to see in her. I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a little bit different, but why I love, so I love Sonia. Um, I mean, I do too. Her. I mean, she's... yeah, I, I, I think that she does it in a different way. Like, it, she never really stirs the pot that much. She'll jump in on stirring the pot, but she is just kind of like, I'm going to like take my shirt off and just like be crazy, sexy Sonia. But the thing too about that though is like the what they think we want. I sometimes don't think they have it right anymore. Is that like like you said? I enjoy watching Candace when she's just being Candace. Mm-hmm. I like I, I enjoy when she's chilling with Chris and the kids, and you know, like I enjoy the scenes where she's not popping off because I, I I really find that entertaining. Same thing with Sonia. I find Sonia just trying to get through an everyday life even without a drink. I find it really entertaining. Same. And I sometimes think you're like you're like playing your great. It's like. Elton John playing Rocket Man, you know, like I, I, hey man, you have a lot of other good songs. I don't even need to hear Rocket Man, and they keep playing it over and over again. And with Sonia, especially, we've now seen it so many times that I feel like not it's not ruining her legacy. It'll always be there, but it's like, man, we you have so many other colors, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, to me, again, I'm not a therapist, but my perception of Sonia is that's kind of like a mask that she uses to not address what's really going on with her, um, which is why she has not moved on from her marriage. Um, and I think, and it, it like, to me, it's like, re- like I find her very entertaining when she's like that, but it's also deeply, deeply sad. And I want her to just be able to move on, but like we've watched her for years and she won't let herself. And it's almost like she, she won't let herself, but she doesn't want to let the audience down. So she won't let herself do that. Um, and I'm just like, I'm just always rooting for you, girl. Like, but I mean, speak of the Morgan letters, that's what makes these shows. So like, those are the things, but that is so 
um, uh, so detailed and so specific that it could only be real. And that's why people are like, that's why I think these things are just as good sometimes as movies. Cause a movie's not going to come up with like, she's still claiming the Morgan family and the Morgan letters. And like, that is such a cool like detail that is so character based that I'm like, Hey, good luck. A 24, like try to do yeah. that, you know? Real Housewives, there are character dramas. And I would say New York in particular is probably, like, the, the growth or lack thereof or, like, anti-growth, I guess, of all of those women is just, like, Luann's, Luann's always been a diva, but just the advancement of that into just, like, fully, I don't even know, oh, I don't want to say a super offensive word, uh, but, like, into just, like, fully unaware um, of her surroundings, just like a full diva is fascinating. Um, and I, like, I saw Luann twice perform her cabaret act. And like the last time she sold out the Wiltern, which is like, I mean, like Wilco didn't sell out the Wiltern. Like I was like, this is <laughs> wild. And she's up there, you know, and you guys know Luann's performance and all that. You guys know what she's like, you know? And, and the thing was like, she's out there thinking like, I mean, she's like Celine Dion in her head. She's like out there really giving it. And the thing was one of the most amazing experiences, but I'm telling you the whole audience was talking over her. We were communicating with other Bravo fans. We were like, we we didn't even, it was just that she was the backdrop. It was like when a, like a jukebox comes on, you're like, I know that song. Oh, I love that band. And we just kept talking throughout it. Like everybody in the audience having the best time. She was just a part of it, not the focus of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. My, my sister saw her in Chicago the night that she later got arrested and said it was like that. But well, I have a, I have a bootleg tape of that show. That was amazing. She did a <laughs> 30 minute, uh, yeah, a little help from my friends. It was great. No, um, it, it, I, I, I would, I'm dying to see Luann. I it really is. It's an experience. It's like an experience because there's so many levels at play. There's so many, and you get to really meet, I think, Bravo fans sometimes are the best people. They are like the coolest people sometimes. And it's just like a, it's like a grateful dead community where you're just like, this is amazing. They need to set out some kind of shakedown street up front where they just sell Luann merch and like just little, uh, you know, weird ramens and, uh, mushrooms and yeah. helium balloons. Um, what did you think of this season of New York? <sighs> Heavy sigh. Um, yeah. I, 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 I do think that, if I rewatch it, I will enjoy it more, but it just got, so, Ramona just got so dark and so deranged, honestly, that it, it didn't, at a certain point, it didn't feel fun. It was really painful, um, especially to watch it from Ebony's perspective. Um, what, like, I just really felt for her and just felt bad to the point where I was like, I'm not having fun watching this anymore. And I want to have fun watching it, even in the heavier moments. Um, not That's not on Ebony at all. That's all Ramona um, and some other women. Um, like, <laughs> uh, mostly Ramona. Um, I wouldn't want to pin anything on anyone else because she was really, really, really just gross. Um but how do you, I, how how do you think they go on past this? Because we didn't even have a reunion this this season because of the Ramona uh, stuff against Ebony, and that's it's coming out more and more about that. Where there was an actual complaint, a ra racial complaint from Ebony against Ramona, and not the only one. You guys, there was a, a crew member that did the same thing prior to Ebony even being there. So this is a pattern of behavior that Bravo is choosing not to correct. I guess I don't know what it is, but I don't know where they go from here. Oh, hold on. Can, yeah, yeah, I can pause. I have, yeah, yeah. 
Give me a second. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. I'll, oh, yeah, but you can come through. I'll bring you in. I'm just recording a podcast. Okay, sorry. I had to let someone in. Um, uh, all good. Um, I'll just uh, edit that out really easy. Um, so there was a pattern of behavior with Ramona. Where do you think they go from here? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a producer or an executive by any means. I think the best thing they could do is just let Ramona go. Um, but it seems like they've kind of been trying to do that for a long time because doesn't she at this point cost them a lot of money? Um, yeah. I mean, she, she does carry a weight. And I, and I, at a certain point, I think with New York, it's like, you got, you guys, like, you're going to have to cut and run at some point anyways, like start, let's start a rebuilding season, start like the franchise should be strong. Like, and, and all there's always bad seasons of shows. This is not, yeah. people are like, cancel New York. I'm like, well, are you crazy? If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash 
so bad. But I need to do a couple of advertisements for some products that I actually genuinely love and use. The first one, of course, is our good friends, Bolin Branch. Now, um, you know how important my family is to me. The importance of family and friends, uh, it means the world to me. And uh, as we near the holidays, uh, gift giving is a great way to show your family and your friends how much you love them. And this year, uh, I'm actually going to give my parents bowl and branch sheets. uh, And I'm going to use the discount that they actually give me. But these sheets are amazing. Uh, They say we spend one third of our lives in bed. So pure organic cotton sheets from bowl and branch make a truly special gift. They make the highest quality sheets by doing things the right way, not the easy way. Husband and wife team Scott and Missy Tannen founded Bolin Branch to create a new standard in bedding by doing things the right way, not the easy way. Bolin Branch holds themselves to high standards across the board, from sourcing pure organic cotton to putting workers' rights first. And it's not just their sheets that are made the right way. Their pillows, their bath towels, they even have robes, you guys. Uh, Signature hemmed sheets are their all-time bestseller. That's what I have, and I love them. They're beloved for so many reasons, like how they get softer and softer with every single wash. Buttery soft, lightweight, and made with 100% organic cotton weave that feels incredible in all seasons. And it feels really good right now because it's starting to get cold in Los Angeles, and I love it. Uh, It comes in a wide range of colors, all sizes, from twin up to a California king. Also, completely toxin-free and fair trade certified. So treat yourself and your loved ones to the new standard in bedding from Bolin Branch. Their gifts come wrapped and ready in their special holiday packaging and order by December 19th for guaranteed delivery by Christmas. Best deals of the year going on now from November 1st to November 11th. So you got like three more days, you guys, with promo code SOBAD at BolandBranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com, promo code so bad. Uh, and exclusions may apply. So Bolin Branch, I love Bolin Branch. Now this next one, they are new, but I don't think they know this. I already got this for my mom uh, a year and a half ago. It is called Storyworth. So this holiday season, um, I actually did this, like I said, about a year and a half ago, and I did it for my mom's birthday. Um, and I wanted to give my mom something that showed her how much I loved her and how much um, that I appreciate her story and wanted to know more about her story. Um, I wanted to do something that made her feel special and unique. Um, and I kind of like the relationship that we share. Um, and that's why I gave her StoryWorth. Uh, StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. It is a thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you to those who matters most. Every week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you never thought to ask, like, uh, what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? Or, if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? And I did this for my mom, and she told her, like she told... We have now a 100-page book with pictures because you can add pictures into this. I have my own copy of Becky Bailey's Life Story, and we have one for my niece and nephew. And uh, 
it's just really touching. I, I, I should post some of this on my Instagram one day because it really genuinely is one of the coolest thing. And my mom took it so seriously. Each week she would be working on this and it gave her something to work on. And she was like thinking about memories, she said. Um, and, you know, her mom and dad have passed away and she was thinking about them. And it just it was so cool. And it did exactly what I had hoped it it, it would do. Um so after one year, StoryWorth will compile all of your loved one's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you will be able to share and revisit for generations to come. Uh, and I have it in my room right now. I can show it to you. It is bound. It is beautiful. Uh, you can get black and white photos. You can do color photos. It is so cool. Um, and they would send me her weekly stories that she wrote. So I got to kind of check in on my mom every week. Uh, so you get to read their weekly stories and it kind of just helped me connect with my mom for that, uh, for that year. Um, so with StoryWorth, I am giving those I love most a thoughtful personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. I kind of want to give one to my dad, but then I kind of don't want to like make my mom jealous because it was like my mom's thing for so long, you know? Um, but I do strongly suggest you do this for your loved ones. So go to storyworth.com slash so bad and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash so bad to save $10 on your first purchase. And I'm serious, guys. Remind me, if anybody wants to see my book, um, I can post it on my Instagram or send you uh, a picture of it. It really genuinely is uh, one of the coolest things I own. Uh, our last and final one is, uh, it's called Best Fiends. Now, uh, I, I think I've talked recently, I have been playing um, this mobile game. Uh, I like mobile games because they kind of like, um, like if I fly or something, like I'll play solitaire or something like that. But Best Fiends is awesome. It's like match three. It's like a casual uh, mobile puzzle game. And I totally dig it. So in my humble but correct opinion, as you guys know, uh, everybody can have their opinion, but mine is the right one. It is the best match three style game by far. Uh, the rest are basically the same game with like different color schemes. So stop crushing the same old candy. Try a puzzle game with something fresh to offer. With Best Fiends, you play through an actual storyline complete with good guys, the fiends, and the not-so-good guys, the slugs. Um, the slugs are kind of like Erica Jane. Uh, your fiends start out as wee baby versions of their future selves, and the more you play, the more fiends join your team, and the more powerful they become, helping you solve increasingly challenging puzzles as you progress through the game. It's an action-packed adventure and a brain-boosting puzzle game all rolled into one. And with new it has new content added all the time, so you are never bored. Uh, so not to bag, but I am pretty far along. Um, I, uh, I'm I'm pretty good. That's all I'm going to say. I got to a pretty high level. I don't want to brag. Uh, I'm going to take, I could take all you guys on. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Best Fiends has literally thousands of levels with more added all the time. And it's one of those things I can't put it down. I'll be playing it uh, while I watch reality shows. <laughs> And uh, I'll just be doing 10 things at once. And this is one of those things. Uh, and uh, it's one of those things your kids would probably dig too. But like, you know, they have their own games. This is this is your game. Uh, there's always a fresh challenge waiting for me when I need a mental pick-me-up or a break from podcasting. So download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. And uh, that's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Uh, you guys, thank you so much for listening to those commercials today. And now back. No, that, you... that was truly the only season of New York that has ever been dry for me. 
Um, yeah. and, but I also think that a lot of it has to do with the pandemic hitting New York super hard. There was only so much they could do. And I mean, cliche, but is New York a character on the show? Yeah. Um, you know, so there, like my favorite thing, one of my favorite things about Real Housewives of New York, and this is probably because I live in New York is like, being like oh I've been to that restaurant you know I'm going I'm going to tomorrow night I'm going to dinner at a restaurant in Soho that Bethany and Carol had dinner at once oh um, wait, wait wait was it the one where they were trying to make up with each other no it was when they were friends and it's when like like Carol's like talking to I think it's in god season eight is that when they're like buddy it's like when they're like buddies and Carol's like telling Bethany about her relationship with um the vegan chef what, oh, Adam, 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 Adam. Yeah. Um, and it, it's the scene where she's like, I only have five summers left or something like <laughs> that. Yeah. Was, I have five good summers. Left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's that one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that you can keep Luann and Sonia, maybe not as full time or maybe as full time or as friends of and have and you can keep Leah She's frustrating, but frustrating in a in a way that I enjoy watching because I'm just like, you're so fucking annoying. But like, yeah, I mean, I but Walter, why don't watching? Why don't we get to see Kat Marnell on here, her friend? Why don't we get to see Azalea Banks on New York? Like, these are people she always talks about hanging out with on Instagram stories and all that stuff. Why not? I would love to see Ramona around Azalea Banks. Come on, I I would rather see New Yorkers. Not not that they're not, but. I would rather see New Yorkers who are not already famous on New York. I don't want New York to become Beverly Hills. You don't want Fran Leibovitz uh, walking by at a certain point and being on the show. I mean, no, <laughs> no. I, 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 like, I, I think, I think New York is more interesting if you just keep pulling in, like, New, like, just find someone similar, like, find like a what I call like a business bitch. Um, like you got to have a Bethany kind of person or like a Heather, like Heather kind of replaced Bethany in a way and like have like the business, the New York business person, and then have like the, the kind of Dorinda figure who's kind of like the mother, like stuff like they just don't have a good dynamic and they didn't have the group didn't have a good dynamic and the d- group dynamics don't always work on all of the seasons of any housewives, but the best seasons, they, they have like the best, um, balance of personalities and i just don't like they just it didn't feel connect none of them felt connected at all they felt like they all hated each other yeah that's it i mean that's that's it exactly it's like seven people playing different or six people playing totally different instruments not ever playing the same song at all like they never got on the same page even when they would have moments they would immediately break the moment and it just always just seemed so clunky when we were so used to like a pace where like new york was always my independent film beverly hills was always like a michael bay film and like for a lot of seasons a lot of seasons i hated beverly hills i hated lucy lucy apple juice but i watched out of loyalty but new york was like new york was always like my mammoth play or like everybody was on the the dialogue i always said I would pay for five different audio tracks where I could bump up who I wanted because you would listen, you could watch it five times in a row and pick up something different if you paid attention to, cause they all talked over each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, speaking of, uh, like, uh, tropes and things like that earlier in terms of discourse that you see going around on Twitter or online, is there anything that annoys you about housewives discourse or behavior? Like we were just talking about a second of like cancel New York, like that, that kind of stuff. 
people immediately jump to that crap right now and are like, fire this person. And I'm like, what? Like, what is, what is even the point of saying that, you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't like that. You don't just cancel something because it's bad, especially on something like this. It's you have to just keep trying to make it work. And like I said about New York, that was truly the first season of New York, in my opinion, that was a flop. Um, when a lot of other cities have had multiple seasons that have not really been that great, um, regardless of even in normal circumstances. Um, And I think a lot of people really did forget they were shooting this when New York was basically locked down. Maybe they should have just waited, but whatever, they did not. Um, Another thing that bothers me is, I think, misogyny. I think there's, like, I these housewives are obviously not people we are meant to admire um, in any way. Um, even though I admire Lisa Barlow, um, <laughs> I, I, I do think that there is in some fans, I'm not saying this in every single person, but I do notice sometimes there's some reactions that feel a little bit misogynist to me. You can disagree with a person and not like a person. Um, but a lot of commentary is like, okay, you're, you just kind of sound like you hate women, um, who don't do things that wait, am I like that when I complain about Rinna and Erica? No, no. I mean, no, no. Um, I, I mean, I, most of that kind of behavior I see more so on Reddit. Um, I don't even know why I go on there. Um, it's one thing I've escaped. Yeah. One thing I've escaped is Reddit threads and all that. But, but, I, never... am, but I, I actually do like all the housewives or like Bravo Reddits that I'm in, but there is a lot of directed even toward people like Rinna and Erica, who I do not like that. It's just like, mm, there, there's a line between like criticism and misogyny. Um, and I think some people need to think before they like insult someone for their features. I think we can make fun of plastic. We can make fun of Rinna's lips all day, but I think criticizing her for her body, um, which a lot of people do is really, really insensitive and not okay, especially considering um, her daughter has, or had an eating disorder. And I'm also someone had an eating disorder. So it bothers me. And it seems like most I'm, young women Rena, have had it. Yeah. Most most women, especially women in Beverly Hills, probably do have one. So like that that is what bothers me the most. I think like criticizing housewives for their looks and their age as well. Do you notice uh you speaking of that, like I'll you'll you'll put out a joke, like a, a joke on Instagram or something like that. It'll be like a, you know, I don't like Renners, like it'll be something, but it'll be based around something. And then you already put that joke out there, and then in the comments. People go 80 times harder than you, like you said, of like, yeah, and her shit smells like, dude, like, like stuff that you're like, what? Like, like, yeah. oh, and I'm going to skull fuck her later. And you're like, what are you talking about? Like, it goes so much harder than your actual initial joke was. And you're like, I know they think this is like a game of adding on or like, but it's just like, it becomes from this like, kind of like dainty idea that you're like, oh, this made me chuckle to like, like Armageddon. You know, yeah, that, I kind of hate the online pylons. Um, like this is why I honestly hate and resent when a tweet goes viral because I mean, and you know, this happens like you tweet a joke and then all the replies are just people trying to one up your joke. I'm like, can you just yes. like let me have this yes. dumb joke, please? Like, <laughs> don't I don't know you, I don't, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Like, I'm not, you know, like I'm nice, <laughs> but like. 
I don't care what you have to say, like random stranger with like a Taylor Swift picture. <laughs> like, leave me alone. <laughs> um, uh, and just real quick, just to mm-hmm. get, uh, dispel this rumor, you never dated Harry Dubin. Is that correct? No, no. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate that the rumor's out there. Yeah, I just I started the rumor earlier this week. Yeah, I just thank to you. See if it got to you. Um, speaking of online, we had talked about Lisa Barlow's Twitter presence. Did you ever pay attention to Erica Jane's Twitter presence this season? I mean, I muted her because she was just bothering me so much. Um, or I maybe even on I think I unfollowed her on Twitter and muted her on Instagram. Um, so I honestly, because it at some point I think earlier in the season it was actually upsetting me to a point that it was affecting me. So I was just like, I need to take a step back. So. I think that absolutely whatever the hell she was doing, even though I didn't see it, was insensitive and fucked up um, as hell. Um, And what she was doing throughout the season when she was posting those sexy photos, she can post whatever fucking photo she wants, but the messaging at that time is really, really messed up. It, to me, just says, like, I'm only thinking about myself. I'm not thinking about anyone. If I understand that she's a housewife and she part of her job is posting on social media and maintaining her following. However, I don't know. It seems like the correct thing that people would have respected at that time was would be just for her to not post at all. If she yeah, wasn't going to yeah. post anything, acknowledging anything that was going on, just you you can just not say anything and that would be better. Well, we talk about housewives leaning in and doubling down. And I just didn't, I was like, but this is a pure thing of like, you know, this is what we love about them sometimes is their ego and their hubris. But then it's just like, my God though, like, but not all the time, like choose it like in terms of like men or like diamonds you want, but not like, right. not right now. Like, like even Candace is like, well, I saw Candace on Watch What Happens Live. This is always a good, she's like, I love Erica on Twitter. I'm like, of course you do. Like, of course, of course Candace you do. Loves Erica on Twitter. Like, I mean, do not team up as like some kind of Darko Justice League. It's like, no, it's so frustrating for us. And I would just watch her because you would know it would be usually at like 11 o'clock at night. And she'd be like, I'm here to like raise some hell. Yeah. And she'd be like, and she would think she was all clever and stuff. And it was like the dumbest humor. You know what I'm saying? When somebody thinks they're hot shit on Twitter or something. And then oh, you're yeah. like, you're like, oh, come on. Like, maybe you should get a social media man. This isn't even funny. You're like quote cheating, like, you know, uh, delete your account. Not a chance. You delete yours. Like, and she thought that was like <laughs> getting one off, you know? Yeah. If, like, if she thinks, if she definitely thinks that she's like a clapback queen. Um, yes. I'm like, that's... No, I think you're actually just a horrible person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that, okay. And... So, what, so what, wait, what did you think of this season? Because I walked away going, I just think she's a horrible person. I don't even know if she, I I'm starting to think, yeah, she probably didn't know details, but I still think she's, she, she made herself yeah. into an even worse person through it. What do you think? I, my takeaway from the season and in particular, the reunion is that I do not think that she's a criminal. Um, I think that she was willfully ignorant of what was going on, which is not necessarily a criminal act, but I think you can get in trouble for willful ignorance. I, I'm not a lawyer, also not a therapist, as I said, like three times already. Um, You said it so much now that I'm like, I think you might be a therapist. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'll make more money doing that than being a writer. Um, If anyone wants to hire me, um, I'm available, (laughs) very available. Uh, But anyway, so I, I did feel bad when she was talking about her like the end of her marriage with Tom 
But then at the same time, it's like you are flaunting this on TV. Like I, I can completely, as someone who has been there, I can completely understand what it is like to be stuck in a relationship, especially a relationship that is toxic, where the man has, or anyone, it doesn't matter gender, if someone has power over you, yeah, more power than you and more money, you feel like you aren't going to have anything and you can't leave. I completely understand. But she did have the means to go. She just was keeping up an appearance, I think, both for herself and for television, which I think is really, really sad. But then she treats people like Garcelle and Sutton like fucking shit and is so and even to andy like she's i'm like this is your fucking yeah, employer look, bitch. look at you looking at me yeah. like that you know like i'm like who are you talking to right now yeah. i know all the ladies are scared of you but i don't think andy's scared of you you know even even the way she like that moment that she snapped at crystal when crystal was like where's your anger yeah. toward him i'm like that's what i've been wondering the whole time too i'm glad crystal said that because it's like she's doing anything but being angry at tom and while I understand that she's going through all this legal stuff with both the divorce and all of the money stuff, so she can't really say much. She can say, I can't believe my if my a man I married allegedly did this. She could have just said that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, that's what I said in the last part of the reunion. We get like, you know, I talk I do talk to him now. He calls five times a day. And ha- have you asked him why, you know, uh, and she's like, I, 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 I asked him why he left all these lawsuits pointing at me. And I'm like, why didn't you ask him if he actually why you did this to all these yeah. people? Like, and you're I- going to be OK, Erica. You're going to be able to fuck your way potentially to the next like, <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's what we're hearing already yeah. is that she's dating all of these older dudes and she's admitting yeah, I it saw on the it. show. I saw a headline on page six this morning and I was just like, I was like drinking my coffee, just looking at page six as I do. And I was just like, yeah. Like, it's like it's like Adele's album drops. Erica Jane drops a new boyfriend, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, like in that moment, she was also basically saying, like, how dare you get dementia and leave me to handle you? Well, which I mean, regardless of what Tom did or not, like you don't like like don't get pissed at an old man for losing his mind losing his mind which kind of it can happen to you in your 80s like well i think i think think two things can be true at the same time i think he can lose his mental faculties and i also think he did all of this for four decades going back you know i I absolutely but the thing that the thing that like I and this is like why it was sports to me. I would be yelling at the TV that that one episode, like when they were there for Kathy's trip at the hotel in Del Mar, was that she's like, "How dare his family leave him? Nobody's taking care of Tom. He did so much for so many." I'm like, "You, she's the family. one who left him." Like, and I was like, "I was like, why are we not? Nobody's jumping in." Like, I almost wanted like a, somebody to interrupt the TV of like, "This is Bravo News reporting live." We, you know, like, the, but then, I, sorry to interrupt you, but then. No. We also can't forget that she was then mad that his family wanted to put him in a home. (laughs) And I'm like, you, they want to put him in a home because they can't take care of an old person with dementia on their own because you, his wife, left Who's lived with him for 22 years. His family didn't live with him. Erica Jane lived with him. They supposedly, supposedly on their last day they ever talked, she drove him to the office, which is total bullshit. Like there is no, I, I just thought the, the glaring irregularities of that. And that's the part when I wish 
the reunions. Like Andy did a fine job, I guess, but sometimes I want the minutia. I want, take us through that day, Erica. You pick him up. You're not talking, you said earlier in the season, but you decide today's the day you're going to drive him to the office. How does he get home that day? Like, how does he, how do you, like, what are all the details? Did you already hire the moving truck? Like, what are the details? I I wonder if he did ask a lot of that, but she gave such non-answers that it just didn't make it in because he, like Andy was being pretty thorough. Um, So I do think that he probably did get to stuff like that, but she probably just was like said, fuck you, Andy. Or like, (laughs) that's that's my- Wait, why are you doing, that's a better voice than I do. No, it's not. Um, Fuck you, Andy. Fuck you, Andy. Um, (laughs) But like, it's, and I'm not trying to say like, it's okay that she divorced him. Like it's good that she got out of this marriage that was clearly like emotionally unhealthy and very toxic for a very long time, but she's not like, she's kind of the victim there, but she's turning herself into way more of the victim than she is. While at the same time, there are victims of her husband's fucking crimes. Um, I guess they're alleged, uh, uh, not really because they've been well documented. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just, it's, she says one thing, then says another, it's like, don't, don't be mad that your husband's family is not going to take care of him right after you left him when you knew that he was sick. Like, I, I, I just don't, I just yep. don't understand why she's so upset with his family for leaving them with something that, she probably should have been responsible for. But like, do we just go back to normal now? Like his next season, she's like, rise and shine, time to work out and get my man. Like, are we supposed to like go on? Are we going to have like funny scenes now with Erica where she's getting back into the dating world? Like, what are we, I mean, where do we go from here? You know? I hope that Andy and like Bravo and such did not think that the reunion was a resolution um, because it certainly was not. Um, so I have truly no idea. I hope that, God, I mean, I would love it if Erica was just like demoted. Um, if she doesn't bring it, maybe they'll just demote her to friend of. I'd love that. And I see that's my dream. Teddy is just popping up everywhere. Teddy, like, I mean, she's Teddy popping really... up looking like fucking Kyle with like a <laughs> shitty box die. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's really, it really is so bizarre, like how much she has tried to maintain, like it was like, and I I did this whole thing on the show on Thursday where she did a seven minute Access Holly or extra interview. She's a special correspondent now, you guys. And she did an interview with Dorit and Dorit really loves to tell it's seven minutes because like Dorit just goes even and it's, it's, it's the home invasion, of course. So it's tragic, but like Teddy is not built for being a reporter. She was like, and and that's like, that's really horrible. What happened to you, right? Like, it's like, there's no, it's like, it's, if you cut Teddy out, it would be like, okay, we got some sound bites, but the Teddy of it all is well, so weird. She's not even, first of all, the first thing I thought when I saw this was how the fuck did Teddy Bellingcamp get a job as a reporter before me? <laughs> she was, so it's on like camera and she's like her, almost her entire head is like, the back of her head is facing the camera. You can barely even see her. Usually yeah. when you're an on, yes. I mean, I don't have any experience you cheat. You doing cheat forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I haven't done any on camera reporting. However, I know enough that you show your face. So you could not even really hear Teddy that well. And she was kind of blocking Dorit, but all you could see was just her like 
black textureless hair. Um, I'm like, Teddy, like you can't just like dye it black when it's blonde. Like you gotta, you gotta <laughs> transition into darker hair when, when you're blonde, but whatever. Um, I, as but she kept, as she, kept, she kept name drop. She kept being like, remember when we hung out last night? We hung out last night, me, you, and Erica, and we just had the best time, didn't we? Like, I, she kept like inserting herself of like, yeah, the day after I came over to your house after you were burgled, you know? Um, the thing that I want to know though is that like, so we get this home invasion, and Dorit was like, yes, I filmed, I needed to tell my story. And like, I believe, like, it's a very, like, it says she begged for her life, you guys. It was very tragic. But like, so, are we now getting a Dorit home invasion season? Like, is it is it going to turn into like a Michael Mann film? Are we going to hunt down the accused? Like, is Dorit going to be in back alleys with like PK and stuff? Oh my God. I It's really horrible. I'm not a huge Dorit fan. I, like, I like her well, as... You love her wedding dresses, right? You love her fashion. <laughs> it's, you know, not for me. Yeah. I'm a New Yorker. It's a little too bright for me yeah oh, i know you're interesting yeah However, <laughs> I, I wear all black all the time anyways um i i really it's really really awful what happened to her and i i do really feel for her um but i am looking forward to a possible scene with dorit and like a detective would it be great if the detective yawns am yeah. i boring you detective <laughs> because well because like, I mean, she'll just, the detective will be like, oh, we just have a few questions. And then they're there for like three days. <laughs> like, I, 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 I just imagine like there being maybe a scene with uh, that she's like talking to a detective about it. And they just like put at the bottom, like how many hours during. Oh yeah, they do, that, they do yeah. that thing where they always troll yeah. the person. It would be amazing if it was that serious. And which, they troll her even with the police. Which, which would be kind of mean um considering the situation but i also think maybe a way to kind of try to make light of it and it and it does seem i do respect that dorit does have a self-awareness and she has a sense of humor about herself like even when when andy at the reunion asked her like what did he ask her like at the end like if she likes that she is like no her reputation is that she talks too much and she's like i love it andy like, I mean, she she clearly doesn't, but at least she has the ability to kind of pretend that she does in a sort of believable way. Yeah, but Carrie, she 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 does play along with it, but she doesn't ever try to stop the behavior. It's like Garcelle no. in her outfit. She never tries to dress better. She doesn't fire. She de- never gets a stylist. It's like Dorit never tries to not talk <laughs> long. Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you just start like say, hey, I'm just going to say three. I'm going to challenge myself to just say four sentences, you know? Yeah. G- Giselle's mood board for her style <laughs> is just like me in high school. <laughs> it's like it's like very early mid 2000s, like very like two, here's like what 15, 16 year olds wore in like 2005 to 2007. Yeah. No, it's uh it's a it's amazing. I'm I'm so they're already deep into filming. I'm very scared of that cuz I just kind of wanted more of a break, but it also left us you know, with this, I don't know if there was an unfair expectation or we're so juiced now where this, this season kind of gave us something. It hasn't, it was something very different and something very, like you said, there was like a crime element. There was like this, they really kind of gave us a really good, very passionate season, but then we go over to salt Lake 
And it's almost like, man, this keeps going like the trial, like we're going to go into this other thing. And this past week, we got finally, we got an hour and a half episode and only the last 20 minutes, I think, focused on the Jen Shaw day that we started off this season with. And I got to say, first off, you guys are sleeping on this show. This is a good housewife show, even without the Jen Shaw stuff. What do you think? Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is a good show of like just any kind of show. I would say it's on par with succession in yeah, terms like, of quality. It's and even for someone who has, yeah, firing on all cylinders, the same way succession. I think it, both of them have very similar energy. Like Salt Lake City is almost like the real house, like real housewives meets like succession and like uncut gems, which you mentioned earlier. It's just like a very, it has like a very similar. Kinetic, chaotic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chaotic and just like, chaotic energy but very glamorous um at the same time um and very 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 complex um like even in that episode like with jen getting arrested then we get heather like explaining the mormon tears and stuff like it, oh that it, was I so was like, I, I also got educated um but at the end those final like 15 minutes my so since i live with my boyfriend we have for a long time and we live in a small space so <laughs> Um, he's been subjected to housewives for some time at first he hated it. And he was, cause I didn't watch housewives. Um, when I like had been dating him, we've been living together for like six years, but never really watched housewives until last year. Um, but he has eventually given in, um, Good. and is invested. He, he gets invested in the crime. Yeah. Wait, didn't you, didn't you tweet the other day that he was like, even on the Reddit threads or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 He's and he'll like he'll be like on his phone and he'll be like, oh, like I saw this thing about did you see this about Erica Jane? I saw Reddit. I'm like, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> um, anyways, so he, he gets invested in those storylines. Like he was very invested in like the Luann Tom, like stuff like that. That's very like real, like that kind of stuff. Um, he's not as into the petty stuff. He got very invested in Atlanta, I would say. Um, like with those. the with the with the dungeon that kind of stuff or like with yeah the, with like yeah. the Phaedra that yeah. stuff yeah um anyways so he kind of came in on Sunday night when I was watching I watched Salt Lake City after Succession because he wants to watch Succession first so I'm like fine I'll make this compromise even though I honestly w- would prefer to watch Salt Lake City first because they're on at the same time um that's how good salt lake city is like succession is my favorite fucking show possibly of all time but i would rather watch salt lake city live anyways so he comes in the last 15 minutes and sits down and it's just like leaning into the tv he has not really paid attention to salt lake city at all um and he kept asking is this is this one which one is this is this salt lake city i'm like yeah and at the end he's like well can we watch the next episode what's happening and i was like well we gotta wait a fucking week man (laughs) very invested i was very proud i'm like that's how good this show is is that someone who's like not even watched it is like watches the last 15 minutes of that sees jen shaw's arrest and is like where's the next fucking episode can i watch it right now uh, i'm so proud of episodes and seasons like that where you're like yes it can get new people in here fresh eyes like we need this but like that that moment of them in the van and seeing the first police guy walk and they're just having a conversation. They don't even notice the guy. And like I said, it's like, it was like that, like uh, that scene in signs where we see the alien for the first time, the audience mm-hmm. finally sees it just walking by. And it was like, that was like, Oh my God, he's, he's a cop. Nobody knows it's a cop. It's a cop, you know? And it was so, 
um, exciting because we had been prepped all season long for this moment. And it was finally here. And the other thing is, what did you think of Jen Shaw's lie? So fucked up. I mean, I, I, I think that maybe if I was lying like that on the spot, I would probably go medical as well, like a medical emergency, but but the way that bleeding, she made it sound like bleeding. he, she made it sound like it's like my husband might die. Like, like that's kind of what she was presenting to them. Um, which I think is messed up. I think maybe you try to make it sound like a little bit less of an emergency, but enough of an emergency that you have to leave and can't go on the trip. I mean, but like, I was trying to think of like how, cause the thing that's great about, you know, human nature, I guess, is that most of us don't expect people are lying to us. I always assume people are lying to me. Mm-hmm. Most general, like most normal people will take you at face value. will take, and that's why liars really get away with like everything because they know that most people will believe them. Like I'm just assuming everybody lies to me. So every, like Heather's like, I'm going to pray for you. Like, they're like literally like, I'm going to pray for you immediately. Like all of these prayers are going to be thrown your way. And she's like, great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, and you- you can tell that she lies a lot because she knew she was going to get away with something that specific. She could have just said, Oh, Sharif is in the, had to go to the emergency room. I have to go. Yeah. I was trying to think of like, even I was giving myself a test of like how quick I could think of like what I would have said. And I was like, I came up with something like about like, Oh, my dog, something wrong about my dog. Like, but I couldn't get specific. You know, I I was trying to think of what it would be. And she just got that information. You would think it would have thrown her in some way where we didn't even see, it didn't even look like her pulse had gotten up, you know? Yeah. No, no. I I mean, it's, she's definitely been putting on a show for a very long time and knows how to do it. Even though like we see right through it, I can understand why the people who know her don't, but that's probably changed now, especially with all the housewives. Cause I, I mean, I can't imagine that they're going to be happy when they're like, you fucking told us that Sharif had internal bleeding when you <laughs> clearly knew this was going to happen. I read somebody online was like, well, to be fair, we he might have internal bleeding. We don't know. I'm like, well, that's that's great. Well, because so coach calls her, you guys. We saw that scene. It's like, hey, babe, what's going on? Oh, yeah, we're sitting in the parking lot. So that would have to be like, hey, babe, sorry to tell you, I'm in the hospital and they have discovered internal bleeding. I'm still able to make calls to you, though. Like, you know, if you have internal yeah. bleeding, they're putting you out. They're like, not, and I love that. I And then people are like, well, Coach Shaw probably said to say that. And I'm like, I don't think that was Coach Shaw. I think Coach no. Shaw said they're here or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think if that's what he said, then we would have seen that. I don't know, but what what I found the most interesting about this whole the way this whole scene played out is that how unprepared everyone, including production, was for it to happen. Like you could just tell the way that it was shot, like towards the end when they like start to see all the FBI agents and the homeland security agents kind of come toward the bus, like you could tell like the camera people are like trying to like run and like try to track everything. Like what the fuck? They're like, who the fuck do I film? Like, do I follow Heather? Do I go back on the bus? Like, do I like try to like point at some of these like agents or whatever, which I I'm like, that's like authentic reality television. Like that's something that I love to see. It doesn't have to be like that all the time. I kind of like sometimes when it's overly produced, but I'm like, 
when we get those like moments, it's yeah. It's the the mixing really of genres cool. really is like well, it gives you uh, goosebumps. You're like, oh yeah. my god, you're like immediately alive watching it. And I I thought like in my dream of dreams is that we have we follow like a homeland security guy gets like a talking head. Like he like becomes a character. He or she would become like a character of like, well, Jen said this, but we know she was lying, you know, like, and it was like a kid, like a Homeland Security character. That'd be great. Um, did you see any of the clips from this week? They've released a couple of clips and all that stuff. All right. Oh, I saw the one with Meredith in the bathtub and Mary comes in. Yeah, yeah, yes, which was iconic. And it's just, yeah. by the way, how much, I mean, how much alleged Xanax is Meredith on all the time? Like she's like, it's gotten so, she's like starting to slur. Like, I don't know what it is, but she's like, hey, but you know what? I would love, I would love it if she sent me some. I, w- I would love to be that. Oh, relaxed yeah, of course. Well, well it's, you got to be that relaxed when creepy Uncle Seth is trying to grab at you all the time. Ugh, He's constantly yeah. trying to grab at her, you know? Ugh. Um, what do you think? Uh, did you see the one, uh, I think Queens of Bravo posted this where we get a scene. It all takes place in one day. You guys, this next episode in an eight hour period, I think Andy said, but, um, Lisa Barlow gets on the phone with seven lawyers in the van. Oh, I, okay. I, did, I think it was I lawyer did, one, yeah. lawyer two, lawyer three, lawyer. Yeah. And then at the end, she's like, calls her husband. She's like, uh, basically we can't talk to, uh, Jen Shaw anymore. And then throws Meredith under the bus and goes, by the way, I think Meredith knew something. <laughs> Like that's amazing. That's like See, really- this is this is why I want to be Lisa Barlow. I I want to have seven lawyers to call up one day. You know, I mean, she she spent probably six thousand dollars of her own money that day just talking to uh, lawyers. Just, yeah. Oh my god. It, I I would kill to have six thousand dollars. I, well, I mean, I just imagine one of those lawyers is just for Fresh Wolf and they're like, why are you talking to me? I'm, I run your son's company. I'm your lawyer for that. Like, I don't need to know. Um, yeah. uh, what do you think of Mary Cosby? We talked about her briefly earlier, but like, this is Ooh. like, this is a Shakespearean character in a way. What do you think of her? Yes. And very Shakespearean. Um, Salt Lake City, all of the housewives are Shakespearean, but Salt Lake... I think is perhaps the most so far, maybe because of the religious element. Um, but oh, Mary, uh, I sometimes I can't tell if she is aware that she is on a television show. Yes, yes, yes. Which is like it, it just seems like she, she, which is what makes her so captivating to watch because she's like the only housewife who is not, does not seem to be doing anything in a performative way. She's just kind of being herself like this. She's, I think she's truly like, except maybe in the earlier seasons of um, the other cities. um, She is the only housewife who has ever just been like, Oh, like they're just going to film me while I make cookies and talk to my son. And she's not like, she has like no agenda she has like no agenda to be on the show. I don't think like, I, I guess maybe she's trying to promote her um, church, which I think is definitely a cult, but she's not even trying to do that. No, Um, not that hard. No. Yeah. She, she, she doesn't really push it at all um, so far. Um, And she just like, just the way she talks and kind of loses her train of thought in the same way that, like I am right now, um, <laughs> is is not something that a lot of housewives do because they usually know what they're going to say when they go into shooting a scene. Um, 
you know, like yeah. they're, they're like, I know exactly what I'm going to say. I've practiced it. And th- here's what I'm going to do. Mary just says like kind of it's, whatever she wants at it's any true, moment. It's true. Moment to moment. It's like Uta Hagen. It's like existence is just, she's, I compare it to like Tom Hanks. It's like Tom Hanks is great with other people, but you can also put him with a volleyball and he's going to be pretty entertaining to watch. Yeah. He is like, like, it's like Mary on her own Island, like cast away with Tom Hanks is like, Mary is just as entertaining with like kitchen, like, you know, b- washing off like dishes as she is with people the only thing with people though is she's so unhinged that it's like nobody could like i just said earlier nobody could ever fight with her because she doesn't play by the rules she's not even on our existence uh, on our plane of existence you know yeah i i definitely think that she has a god complex but oh you you think yeah i i i think and based on things that i've kind of read about her cult church it seems like she probably thinks that she is some kind of god or something she, um, she's threatened to sick jesus on all of us that talk she, bad about her she yeah. like literally uses jesus as a bodyguard you know so if i wake up with jesus like standing above my bed tonight i mean, could could you imagine opening up the door and go like i heard you on the podcast stop talking shit about yeah. mary or you're done you know no but i i just it's just so strange like it's like she I can't tell if it's like almost if is she put is she not putting on any performance or is she putting on some kind of performance that's like a non-performance if that makes sense. Oh yeah, I mean, there's I, la- it's like it's 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 like inception. There's layers on layer. I don't I can't yeah. tell and it's like that's the thing that I kind of love but it's like I've watched these shows like you from the very beginning on OC that night that it premiered and I don't know even what she's doing. Like I'm like I think I've seen elements of this but I've never seen it quite like this. And like, she's getting into fights. I mean, like the, the text messages she sent to Whitney saying like, you have to give yourself Botox. I don't, I've never done any work on my face. I don't need it when we know that's like, also, we I don't know that's it. not true. But if you're in like, isn't one of the big tenets of religion, not to lie. Like, I don't understand religion, like from Jamal sleeping with his parishioners to this, like it's just, none of it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, mean, there's a reason why I kind of, stopped participating in the Catholic church when I was a teenager. Um, but it's just, it ain't, it ain't for me. Um, but something that also fascinates me about Mary's how she dresses, which kind of is like how I think that I probably dressed when I was a kid going through my mom's closet, like just putting on like, it's like, yeah, the scene you, from E.T. when E.T. went in the closet and threw on all of Drew Barrymore, like all yeah. of this stuff. And it was like this like hobo lady kind of E.T., very <laughs> feminine, like with a skirt. Like that's how Mary dresses. It's like she it's almost like she just is like, I'm going to wear all my favorite pieces right now <laughs> all at the same time. And she doesn't care if they go together. Um which, you know, be yourself. I admire that. I, I want to see think- her. In, I want to see her and Sutton do a shopping trip. Oh my God. I don't think anyone is telling Mary what to wear. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, well, that's just, I would, for Mary to lash out that hard, it's like Candace, but without the, like, I hate to even say this, like Candace is still on like this a similar plane of existence as the rest of us. So she, yeah. but like Mary is just so like, she just doesn't care. The, like you the, can't- the texts were that Whitney read were really disturbing. And I kind of started to feel bad for Whitney about how like kind of nonchalant she was, she was like reading them like they clearly bothered her but she was almost reading them like oh it's like mary it's like like yeah. this was mean but i <laughs> you're love a, mary you're a dumb whore i don't want to talk to you yeah she's yeah. like in that little baby voice um 
So, uh, and the inv- invite she made for Whitney too was like hysterical about what to dress for at the Italian place. And she put yeah. like hoe clothes on like, I'm like, Mary thought it out where she made an invitation that was like dark, you know? Yeah. I, this is, this is where I like wonder, like, is Mary more calculated than she's letting us on? I, there's something, there's something, that's what I'm saying. It's so confusing. Cause why would, how would you think that out? And it's kind of a, like a deep cut joke about how somebody dresses, like to get even those images all like it made a lot of sense. And I don't know, it was just so interesting. So I guess we'll find out more about that. Um, as we start wrapping up, I could talk, I've already, I, I could talk to you for an hour. This is literally tip of the iceberg. So that's frustrating, but this has been amazing. I want to talk about movies really quick. What okay. are you looking forward to? I hear there's a rumor. You might be seeing house of Gucci very soon before the rest of us. I am living for this movie. What do you feel about it already? I, yes, I am seeing House of Gucci tomorrow at 10 a.m. Um, that's a, that's a bit, that's early. I mean, that's a, uh, to get they really. Give you, they give you the time for the screenings and you just have to pick the one that works. And this was the only one that worked. Anyways, um, I will have a full copy inside me. Um, and <laughs> one, so, so I, I, I love Lady Gaga. One of the, probably like one of the few pop stars that I, am like really into i'm not really into any like pop music or like pop icons in any way that some other people are um lady gaga is like the only one um and i really really loved her and a star is born i think she really is a tremendous actress yes Um, am i wrong to love star is born as much as i love it like i i i I was i I mean i hate to say this as i was captivated like i I saw by myself also some of the best beard work you're going to see from bradley cooper oh yeah like what an amazing growth of beard you know he should have won best actor for that. That was a you're wonderful fucking, you're performance. Fucking ugly, yeah. you're fucking he, ugly. I mean, he he really should have won. Um, but instead, Rami Malek got it for a really bad performance in a really bad movie. Horrible. That we movie. will not mention. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm very excited for House of Gucci because I love every single person in it except Jared Leto. But I can let the Jared Leto thing go because it seems like he had for the first time in his life fun um this movie just seems like a lot of camp like very campy i mean from the trailers you know it's not gonna be like a star is born like it's not a serious drama it's like this is a movie about this fucking crazy murder that happened within gucci and gucci is over the top gucci has always been over the top like as a fashion house it's always crazy i mean like you like if you just like look up like a Gucci outfit, like Lady Gaga just wore the other night, like a Gucci outfit that's just like all the the G logo, like all over, just this massive cape that's sparkly. Like that's fucking Gucci to me. Ridley Scott is a master filmmaker. So he he can make like The Last Duel, which is a serious medieval drama, but he can also make House of Gucci. Um I am also obsessed with Adam Driver. If you follow me on Twitter or read any of my writing, oh, unfortunately, oh, you're, you do know you, that. Oh, you're the one that's obsessed with Every one of my female friends is obsessed with Adam Driver. It's frustrating to a point of how, and I loved him in The Last Duel. I love, I mean, by the way, I and I think you did too. I loved The Last Duel, unironically. I mean, it my was, f- favorite movie was of the so, year so far. It was really just, there was like, you know, elements you could pick apart, but it was still like, it was really nice to see a new story. I mean, it's familiar. They made it like assessment 
accessible. Um, yeah. But it was it was interesting in so many ways. But Adam Driver really is the man of the moment. I cannot wait to see what he does here. Actually, I mean, he he really is. Uh, I said this about Timothy Chalamet already, but extraordinary actor in a very different way. I mean, Adam Driver is just so physically large, but also such a large presence. And I think Adam Driver has like a very um, old Hollywood kind of feel to him. Like he's almost like, he has like a presence almost like Carrie Cary Grant did. Like just like an undeniable presence and not just because of looks, it's just like a feeling that you get when he's there. Um, there's, that, a se- there's a 70s vibe about him too. Like a 70s yeah. actor vibe of all those guys, the Pacinos, the De Niro's that like at their yeah. height of like dog day afternoon and all that kind of stuff. It's like, it's like a mix of old Hollywood and new Hollywood actor that like, I don't think any other modern actor has like most other actors like just feel like Leo, Leo feels very of our time. And I feel like Adam driver feels of like every time in, you know, well, well, I always feel like it shouldn't work, but it does with him. Like you, like you think about the elements, you're like, okay, the face is like this. And then you're like, Oh, but it totally works. Like it, it it, is very fascinating, but yeah. House of Gucci. I am so excited. So excited. And also it's always so refreshing to start getting those uh, feedback on Twitter, you know, where you start the people's, uh, you know, reactions are, and it's really nerve wracking. Like for somebody that really loves film, like I do, I get really, you know, it bums. Like I, I, I don't live or die on that. Like I've loved movies that people have hated. I love meet Joe black. I've loved, you know, like I love like, but it's, it's really refreshing. It's really refreshing to see like people love something that you're like, Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah, I I also I always say to people I would take those initial reactions at, with a grain of salt. I will say as diverse as like critics have become over the past few years, it's still a lot of crotchety white guys who are like old. Um like I go to these press screenings and I like see who's there and I'm like Immediately, I'm like, oh, this guy's going to hate this movie. This guy's going to hate this movie. I I remember I went to a press screening of The Favorite, um, I guess, many years ago now. (laughs) And um, I... I saw there were like a couple like older dudes in the, in the theater. And it's like a really small theater that that was in. So you could like see everyone. And I'm just like, I'm going to be the only fucking person in this theater to who's going to like this movie. That gets So it's like, and, and there's also like some people who like are just super fan, like, like Disney invites like a bunch of Marvel super fans to their movies because they want the positive reactions because they know, Oh, like this Marvel super fan is never going to say anything bad about an MCU movie. Um, And then there's also some people like the negative reactions to house of Gucci. I'm like, I think you just like, don't really have an awareness of what Gucci is. And maybe you didn't see the trailer because a movie with a trailer featuring Sweet Dreams by Eurythmics oh. is not going to be a seri- the serious um, no, legal be- drama that you yes. want it to be. It's fucking camp. It's, I mean, and it's like Lady Gaga and Adam Driver doing like campy Italian, Italian accents. And, and, they're, and they're pretty campy. Like it's, it's not like they're, like they're good accents, but it's also like they're just doing the fucking most. Like they, it's just a fun movie and it's like that's what like sometimes you want to live in that world for a couple of hours so it's like that's yeah. one of those 
no brainer movies. And like, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of Jared Leto. Uh, but I mean, him with the penguin look is, you know, I just find, but I also find it funny. I also get upset though. It's like British actors taking American roles, let ugly people play ugly people. Like, right? I, you know, like I, I let, let me play that eventually. Like, let, let me give Why does Jared Leto, one of the, like, who's, I don't personally think he's attractive, but like all the girls do. Why make like, Oh, let me be ugly in this one. No, you be Jared Leto. That's what you got to be, you know? Yeah. I, it, that, that casting did not no, I hear he's. I, I hear he's. I mean, we'll see. I hear he's good though. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Licorice Pizza, the new Paul Thomas Anderson film with I Alana love, Heim? Love Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, I I think my favorite movie of his is Phantom Thread, which was his last film, so I believe. Good. Um, I'm excited for Licorice Pizza. Um, I don't particular. I'm not like. I don't. I don't know. I'm not as excited about it as as I am for House of Gucci. <laughs> um, but House of Gucci is more here's like everything I'm interested in, all the actors. I, yeah, I yeah, also yeah. I love Jeremy Irons so much. Always have, was always a fan from when I was a kid, a fan of Scar. And I was always like, I love that guy's voice. And Jeremy Irons, we gotta be honest, he's a hot old man. Um, he's yeah, still he's still killing it. Um, so I remember seeing it, Dead Ringers as a kid, and it scared the shit out of me. Oh like, my god! Dead, oh man. Um, yeah, he's but, awesome. But yeah, I like. I'm going to see Licorice Pizza. Oh, I'm always going to see the new Paul Thomas Anderson film. But I wouldn't say I'm as excited about it as I am for some other movies like House of Gucci. Anything to keep our eyes out for that you are in love with right now besides Succession? Which, by the way, Succession, it almost, it's been great every season, but this season is so particularly good. They've all found, like, such, everybody has, like, a killer scene each episode. Like, every, there's no, it's all hits. Like, it's all each scene. Yeah. And the weaving of it is so good. And, like, it's just getting, it's just getting richer and richer each episode. Are you feeling that way as well with Succession? Yeah, this season isn't picking up as much for me as the second season did, but I think that there will probably some be some sort of turn in this co- upcoming episode because it is episode five. And based on the first season and second season, the, the fifth, se- fifth episode of each season has kind of been a turning point. Um, so I'm excited where it's going to go from here. Yeah. I mean, Anything- I love it. I love it, but it just, it, I feel like the, it, it's kind of been a little bit static, I think intentionally for some kind of buildup. But for um, some reason, it's like, it's like New York though, back in Real Housewives of New York, when it's like, even when nothing was happening, I was so, it's like that. I was just, exactly. I don't, I, I, I like, I'm just, I just love the performances. I love the, I love Tom. I love it. You know, you just love these characters like you do with like a reality show. Anything else that you're excited for that we should keep an eye out for? Oh my God. Um, now that you ask me, I can't even remember. <laughs> um, well, reality shows wise, do you mess around with Selling Sunset or oh 90 my Day God. Fiance or oh, anything like that? Selling Sunset. I, I I actually, I have seen the first episode of the new season of Selling How Sunset. did you see the new, are you writing about it? Um, no, I just get, since I'm like a critic, I get like um, on my Netflix account, I get preview of some oh, things. Man. And I, 
sometimes they just drop stuff without you having to ask for it. And I just saw it and I was like, but I will try to write about it if I can come up with something that I can I need sell. To, I need to beg Netflix to let me do that. Jeez, I uh, I love Selling Sunset is just so uh, in its own DNA and genre. It's it's yeah. like nothing else, but it's so glossy that you're like, oh, this it's is like just- so glossy. It's such a good escape for me. And I'm just like, these fucking people, I hate them. But yes, God, I love like, oh, Davina- Oh, uh, <laughs> Romaine, who could barely speak. And just, yeah, he's like, he's the love of my life. I'm like, you guys can't even talk to each other. I, I know. I'm just like, he's like a, like, it's like you're, he, he's like, it, like, she basically married a Furby. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, but I, God, I love it. I love selling sunset. Um, I'm trying to think of, I'm excited for Single All the Way, which is Netflix's um, gay Christmas movie starring Michael Yuri. I just I watched the preview yesterday. It looked really cute. It looked Jennifer, really good. It's Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge. Um, I'm excited for that. I, I I love that fucking nonsense Christmas shit. Like the uh, the Princess Switch three three Vanessa Hudgenses <laughs> Hudgenses is love that. Um, I I can't think of like well, I think I think that those are amazing. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I've kept you for so long, but that was just pure selfishness. Oh, no, I love I've this. wanted to talk to you for so long. Carrie Whitmer, you guys, let's make her the biggest success because you're writing. Is, this is what I love about writers like you is that you we feel like we have a voice. You, uh, your writing, your style, I think speaks to so many people. And that's why please don't ever give up on what you're doing because I think you are going to have a uh, army one day. Um, <laughs> and and uh, please you. use it wisely. But also please come back here as much as you want. Please oh my God, I would be, love to. Uh, please recap cap a whole episode with me of something i just i, I we scratched the surface today but i hope this yeah uh, i hope you had a good time i have a lot of time so i would absolutely honestly love i'm to telling do you if you ever have like ideas that you don't want to do on twitter because i eventually you're going to end up probably doing this one day or get stolen away by a podcast company eventually but until <laughs> then please please keep coming on here and yeah. uh is there anything to watch out for besides is everything on your website and your socials yeah i mean i, I post all of my new writing on twitter um, so that there's really no other platform. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Carrie's not scary. Also the same on Instagram, um, read my work and share people's work. Guys, read, share read writers' work. And- Don't just like, and retweet the tweets that are funny. Just also retweet and like, um, writers articles because yeah. that's how we make money. <laughs> um, I don't make a cent off got, of guys, anything if you, else. If you, if you picked up one thing is that Carrie is poor and she yeah. needs more money. So, and she's brilliant. So she deserves And it. I'm not uh, saying that in the Erica Janeway, I am authentically poor. Look at, look at me. Look at my life. Look, look at my me. life. <laughs> I, I, I did. I, I looked at my uh, checking account this morning and I was just like. Jesus yeah, like if oh. I was in my 20s right now, I would be living my dream. But unfortunately, I'm much older yes. than that. And I'm like, oh, God, like I'm I'm living with the money of a 20, some, you know, like, a, a yeah. you know, so that's the if I was in my 20s, I'd be having now the I'm time like, of my life. No, I'm like, even when I was like at my poorest in my early 20s, I'm like. I think maybe I had more money then. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I can remember specifically what was in my bank account. And there yeah. were like, uh, I'm like, what's health? You don't need health insurance. We only get healthier as we get older. Yeah. And I, I, oh my God. I remember one time I was like 22 and I had just paid my rent and I looked at my bank account and it had like, it was like $223. And I was like, oh my God, I have like so much money <laughs> after paying rent. 
<laughs> yeah. Love it. The world is my oyster. And then I just went yeah. and blew it on DVDs. Um, yep. uh, Carrie Whitmer, um, this was just made my week. Thank you so much for Same. doing this. And I'll talk to you hopefully very soon. Yeah. Bye. Thank you so much. Five, four, three. Betches.